like the official podcast of Rappel. I'm better. And I'm JP. I'm really JP. Uh, there. It is my birthday. I'm podcasting on my birthday, which is, uh, you know, not unlike me, to be honest. It's a day, isn't it? Then, then, and why? As, uh, as Matty just said on the uh, the pre show, we just had Matty <laughs> on. It was his birthday yesterday as well, which is always weird. We're always on the uh, on the same weekend, uh, obviously too. But yeah, good to uh, good to chat to him. I wouldn't rather wouldn't want to be anywhere else, JP, than uh, than here with our lovely patrons um, spending my uh, my birthday night. Um, just this this is just what my life is, JP. I know what I signed up for. It is, and uh, and as your podcast wife, I'm I'm more than happy to, to to be spending your your birthday evening with you. But it looks like you were out today. You had some lovely scran earlier on that you were putting up in the Discord, which oh, looked yeah. like you were telling us in the pre-show as well was just mm. looked outrageously good, like for from like a fancy uh, mm. yeah Canadian brunch there. Um, what physical presence did you get? Matty told us his in the pre-show, which. Uh, which he was on. What phys- I'm, I'm intrigued by this physical presence Physi- just, for physical birthdays. Just some beer, really. That's kind of it. I think you get to a point where you get older, and it's like, but that was useful because we went to like a, um, like the the African festival. I've always mentioned on the uh, on the weekend. Didn't ideal for that. Although I did, yeah, it came close, but it wasn't too bad. But like I, I took there was what there was one gift. What I got where it's just wrapped beer, which is fine. But I took it to the park in its wrapping, and it was like, wouldn't this be funny if I open this up and it turns out to be like just some some someone's actually put some thoughts in and give me something else? Uh, but no, it was beard. It was fine. Um, but you get a man of a certain. I'm in the I'm in the dad years now, JP. One year away from forty. So yeah, socks and beard. That's what you got. That's pretty much it. And to be honest with you, it's not a bad trade-off at times. <laughs> like, uh, apart from my brother who just likes to buy me football shirts, which again I'm absolutely fine with. But yeah, you do as you as you get older. It's just like actually, these are the things I very much specifically. Oh, do you know what? what needs? Uh, uh, Food and beer. Stage, that's what I've been given this week. Yeah. So it's been good. Yeah, I just I just want a quiet life. Mm. Really, I suppose my birthday treat for me this year is kind of like all in because mm. that's not long afterwards as well. So. Um, yeah. Me and me and Gareth will uh, both be celebrating being that that wrong that closer side to fifty than we are forty, which is a terrifying thought. <laughs> Awful. I remember, uh, uh, yeah, all that and then hell to look forward to. It'd be great. Yeah. It's all perspective, mate. It'll be fine. But no, I've had a uh, had a good time. I say Steph treated me to uh, to that uh, dinner today, and I've got we got uh, some good trips uh, coming up as well, and some other stuff uh, the patrons uh, know about too. But yeah, outside that, just be fucking podcasting, mate. Got this tonight. We recorded. Uh, we did Punk Joe on, on Thursday, didn't we? We did the uh, yeah the weekend show. That was brilliant. <laughs> oh yeah, thank you everyone for the uh, the feedback uh, so far. As, uh, the patrons of more than one person has said it that they thought it's one of the uh, the best show if not the the best show we've ever done i know gareth definitely thinks that um obviously if the if you're a, a fan of it as i uh, i stuck in on the end of last week's show like 10 minutes of the audio of the joe necro show um when we kind of uh re- when when gareth <coughs> revealed to us that he did in fact love the uh the Joe Necro match. Just imagine that emotion, but times ten um, on this show. Um, but yeah, like like you've said a few times, JP, we got to we got to sit back. Really, I got to tell a few memories of remember when and talking about my uh, speaking of getting old, my prime years twenty years ago. And James and Garrett did the Lord's work as far as like breaking down those matches and talking through the yeah. intricacies of it and stuff like that. It was a uh, it was an experience even just for me. It's oh, absolutely one I would I would definitely recommend people uh, people get the Patreon for. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it was like all of the things you said and more. Like, I mean, I don't know if this if there's like a kind of a podcast that goes into the trilogy with as much kind of like looking at everything around it, the kind of even fairness, like I the legacy of it. Good job, but you know, we'll big ourselves. Up. Yeah, mm. fair enough. Yeah, mm. 
as I imagine they should do, being a bloody Ring of Honor podcast, though, at the same time. Um, <laughs> no, I, I, I kid. I like Trevor Dave. He's, he's incredibly funny. Great. Um, he is. He's spot on. He nails this stuff. But, yeah, it, it's, it was phenomenal to do because they're great to watch. Spoiler alert. So I would, you know, have a listen to it. It may seem daunting, particularly, you know, if you see the links, you, you go onto the, onto the discord and the like, you'll be able to, yeah, we went to be able than to the, see than the two, one hour and 45 minute matches. Like, yeah. We still managed to go longer on the podcast, but of course we did. Cause it's what we do at this point. I know. Which is, which is, feels outrageous for it as well. But I think now, haven't they, they've released, did somebody else have put links out there as well that are available free for, for watching these. And if you haven't seen yeah, them before. It's not an honor club. You, you, you can get Joe Punk on YouTube, but the other two aren't there on honor club, at least as far as I could tell. And I did see a couple of, maybe they're thinking with, you know, potentially something coming up on, on Collision, they're going to put them out and make a package out of it, but. Easy money there, no? You know, get those. Come on, big tone. Get those. Uh, get those. Get the proper retro ROI cheers. I'll give me give me more excuses to uh, to drag this lot into doing a uh, more podcast on Samoa Joe than we've even done on Bret Hart, which I think was at a a stat we wheeled out when we recorded well, as well. <laughs> the full thing on Twitter, apparently. Yeah, Chris says he is. Yeah, he's uh, uploaded there uh, some of them. Um, yeah, I'm more than up for Ring of Honor versus CZW. Like I really am, but That's that is to, to give it its due. It would be the kind of thing we need to do in like a few parts. Like it might need to be like three parts because there is a, there's a lot of stuff like kind of around it. And I think like it's, I don't know, it still sort of holds the bar for like interpromotional rivalries in the, in the U S certainly of like stuff that actually kind of like really works. Which we'll talk about it in promotional rivalries, hopefully probably at the very, very end of the show being Frank, but like, well, I'm, I'm hoping we can have a little chat about that. I was going to say, get that obviously. Yeah. Again, yeah. the highest recommendation from, uh, from not just us, but uh, yeah, check out the, uh, lots of feedback on, uh, on our, uh, on our discord and, uh, and Twitter and the like. And I imagine the same kind of feedback's going to come this week, JP, when we, uh, we go full control F Jeff with, uh, with King of the Mountain, Eddie Sauber and Zoo. To be fair, he was, he was thinking maybe ROH CGW and we've, we've put that off a little bit. Um, he's come up with a corker of a show we're going to be doing this week. Uh, the global force wrestling, uh, anthology, the first, we're calling it month one, mm-hmm. aren't we? Basically, the first four yeah. shows of uh, of Club Force Wrestling. I don't know if you've done any of the homework yet, but you're regretting that one yet. Um. <laughs> I haven't. I look forward to starting it on the way to say the deep Edgbaston tomorrow, and, and just trying to work it around late, you know, early morning feeds and the like, because that's going to be the way to do it. There's a lot there. I'm massively intrigued by it because then we've dived into this before with say XWF and wrestling society X. And we did those shows. And there's like, even as like a historical document, it's fascinating to look at. And I think there's all the whole law suit and other stuff that kind of followed from it. And then the weird stuff when global force came into, into TNA it was like, it's a, it's mad. But these shows just trail Sonnen. It just looks wild. The amount of people, I think Gallows and Anderson are on these. And it could be, yeah, it, mm. it could potentially like just be. I don't know what to expect of it because I've never seen these. Mm. So yeah, I'm open minded. But as soon as I see Reno scum, it's going to be like, all right, we're at this level, are we? <laughs> That's what we're getting. But it'll be, it makes for great audio. That's the thing I, I, I would also say about something like that. It's it's going to be really fun. 
therefore so yeah look forward to that and obviously we did mention last week that the uh the debut of time was going to be coming on the youtube people might have noticed that it, it didn't debut on saturday it's a fucking busy weekend anyway and we put a four-hour podcast out so we uh we did end up putting it just because of uh some issues with the uh the youtube but that's going to be out this week isn't it jp we're gonna have that up on, it is. Uh, on the feed on uh on saturday in our prime time slot um on the uh nice little kind of you know lead into uh to the forbidden door if you uh we stayed up late for that i think it works because saturday night yeah yeah, exactly, make a Saturday night of it as well. So, yeah, there'll be two versions of it, effectively. There'll be a version that's up on YouTube because of copyright reasons. We we can't show some of the images on there as well, which makes it sound like it's really dodgy. It's not, I promise you. It's not like I'm putting on Hostel in the background or anything. <laughs> and then there will be a version. There'll be a link to the Patreon page. will be the full uncut version. So if you want to watch it there as well. So, yeah, that's going to be this Saturday. There you go, Chaka. Saturday, Saturday. Sorry. Oh, no, <laughs> <Not saving. Yeah. laughs> we'll be getting into that. Uh, but yeah, there you go. Check all that out on, uh, on Saturday, and that will not be the uh, the scene song on it. And, J- and JR won't be doing a cranky uh, commentary on it either. So you, know, you get to get uh, JP, uh, Gareth, uh, Liam, and, uh, and Matty just raving about uh, the 2000s instead. So yeah, look forward to all that. But speaking of Saturday, JP, I suppose there is only uh, one way to place the stars. Unless you want to start at uh, a Vince McMahon's new weird profile picture on the uh, the Endeavour website that somebody's just linked me to. She's in the fucking state of that. Him and Kevin Dunn. Like, he looks like just looks no. like a human being. Like, it's fucking, I've lost the link now. He looks you got an image weird. of it? I'll bring you it up. It he looks fucking weird. Like, this... This whole mannequin head thing he's doing with the uh, with the mustache, Vince, like it is just not working for him. He needs to... He needs a stylus or something like that. I think it's... Uh, it's not the one. It's madness. Mm. Why is he doing... I mean... Like, he seems to have several of these crises, and at this point, he's decided to become effectively a villain from a 1930s film, or 1920s film, like proper silent stuff, here, <laughs> isn't he? Um, I haven't seen this picture. I mean, I feel like I need Someone to. Just uh, said, uh, he's uh, a big uh, uh, show. <laughs> I was not a real person. <laughs> what is going on? He doesn't look real, does he? <laughs> he doesn't look real. Oh, I tried to zoom it's in. It's a mask, no? It's Patrick Swayze and a few other lads, not Robin Banks, wearing masks incredibly similar to that. That's like his mouth isn't like parallel with his mustache anymore. Like they've become one. Like it's just like that does that that does not work from one bit. Fucking hell! Yeah, he looks like it, like a version of from Madam Two Sides. Yeah, like like Andy says here. Like maybe the real man died a few years ago. Like maybe that's maybe that's the uh, the truth. Like the Elmer Warrior. <laughs> or um, to the corporate website, apparently. Yeah, that's where they're. they're it's, a, it's Kevin Dunn on there as well. Apparently, yeah. There's a picture of uh, Kevin Dunn. Because Kevin Dunn never had photos. There was that yeah, whole yeah. thing that these people used to say about his, which seemed really weird for this high up corporate figure. You know, his own. You know, for his own. You know, if it his own issues about that. Fair enough, it's his business. But like, it was always very, very. I always found it like kind of odd that this guy was so powerful. But like was felt completely well, you know, behind the scenes. You only ever really knew who he was because like you did Jim Cornette r- r- rant about him and calling him like I don't know whatever it was like buck teeth or whatever. Yeah, there he is. There, I've got a man on the on the screen. How to bring it up? That's him. Uh, there you go. <laughs> he kind of bad. Ah, like I mean, that's oh. Cornet. Cornet would be the first person to do that kind of stuff. Being being a dick, it's not that bad. <laughs> How much is he worth as well? 
Uh, and I wouldn't gone. care, but he's... He's still fucking oh. there. But remember, that was the rumour every time Triple H and uh, Triple H and Stephanie are going to take over, he's going to be out the door. Outlasted Stephanie, didn't he? Outlasted Shane. Probably going to outlast Triple H. He'll fucking still be there, won't he? Like, yeah. It's incredible, there. isn't it? He's one of them, though. It's like we were talking about on the Joe Punk thing. We were talking about, like, shoot interviews. There's so many people like that through wrestling history who like, I'm pretty sure Kevin Dunn's an idiot, based on the things I've heard. But you're just trusting the people who are telling the stories on those shoots, aren't you? You know what I mean? <laughs> like, it might just be completely wrong. It might just be, we've either warped one side of history, and he's actually the uh, the genius who's trying to talk Vince around. I think it's probably wrong, but, you know, <laughs> it's possible. Oh! But, uh, this, yeah, this new version of Guess Who Looks Shit, Simon says in the chat, looks like Billy Joel. Liam said, we're going to have to include these in the, uh, in the show images now. Fucking hell. Well, Kevin Dunn has now clearly scared my infant son as well. <laughs> oh, I think you're on mute, JP. Yeah. We'll let JP sort himself out. Yeah, I was just saying that that image of Kevin Dunn has really horrified my infant son. I think at this point, he's, he's traumatised by it. It's not that fucking bad as well. Yeah, right. Why didn't he go and get his, like, with all of the millions of millions of dollars he has made over the years and having shares in WWE, could he not have gotten, could he not have gotten the turkey? <laughs> Do all sorts of industry out there on the cheap. People what are doing hell? it all. Every, every, like, literally every, like, scouser with a bit of money is, uh, is in Turkey at the minute. I don't know why anyone thinks they look good. Like, it's like, you know. <laughs> not good for you as well, apparently. Knows. You read into it. <laughs> Horror stories. Just like the cartoon characters, don't they? But, uh, Why didn't he go there? Could have stayed there in a decent, like, four-star beach in An Antalya. He'd have, well, he'd have been loving it. One day he'll, uh, he'll fuck off and, uh, and retire. But anyway, that wasn't the, uh, the main thing we were yes. talking about today. We should talk the uh, the debut of uh, of AEW Collision, which I think is going to take up the uh, the majority um, of the show today. If you're looking for our uh, our dynamite thoughts, we might touch on some dynamite stuff uh, later on, but that was uh, contained in the uh, in the weekend show on uh, mm -hmm. on Friday. So yeah, patreoncom slash grapple if you want more on that. We'll be uh, obviously sharing uh, some of those thoughts on on the YouTube as well. But yeah, we've got to get used to this new schedule now, JP, with uh, with mm. on a on a weekend while it's uh, allegedly uh, still a big show, but. Let's get right to it, mate. What did you think? Um, big debut on uh, on Saturday night. Big mu big music debut. Um, as we, uh, I was out yeah. uh, on, <laughs> on Saturday for my birthday when I found out that uh, that Elton John uh, was going to be the theme for it. I feel like that's. Is it me or do the Americans have a very different idea of Elton John than we do? Like maybe I'm on an island. It felt like it from our Discord that it was just me right. um, who can't stand Elton John. But like maybe it's the idea I, of him. I don't know. I find it. I don't know. Uh, go on. Early Elton John. Okay. Cracking stuff. Some belting tunes. Candle in the wind and Elton John. I want really no part. Him appearing in Kingsman 2, Elton John. That was kind of funny in a very weird way in an extended cameo. Yeah. But in terms of the song itself... I think it's a cracker. Now, I have seen this Nickelback version going around, which clearly <laughs> appears to be the best thing that Nickelback have ever done uh, on there as well. But I think it's a cracking tune. And I have to say, from a sheer bare-bones marketing point, yeah. to start off with Saturday Night's All Right for Fighting, like, yeah. you know, it feels like it's an easy thing to do to get people to go, oh, okay, so on that bare-bones, rather than a generic, this is Rampage on a loop, because that would be turning people off. I'll happily take this. We got that on the outbreak <laughs> um, Yeah. 
Yeah, we had to get some defense of him in the in the chat. I I, I know I, I don't expect to be in the the majority. It's not even like I can't be like oh. This song he did as shit or whatever. And I get it, it's like a big sports song as well for the Saturday night. That's what Tony's gone for. And I will say as well, my initial reaction was like I found it quite cringeworthy and didn't think it really it really fit the intro or fit, I don't know, a mainstream wrestling product in 2023. Can we can we never be like current in any way? Can we never um sorry, I don't know why uh <laughs> we still have uh, book teeth uh, popping up on the screen there. I'll, uh, I'll stop. I'm really curious as to why Kevin Dunn is, seems to be doing run-ins on this show. <laughs> he doesn't want us to talk about collision. Well, we will, Kevin, whether it annoys you or not. But what I was going to say, I will say, and this <clears> may be giving away my thoughts on collision overall, because they'll have a good time. At the end of the night, when I was reminiscing, you know, kind of excited about what might, what, what is to come with it, it was ringing in my head, and it was kind of like that, oh, it kind of put me in a good mood, so maybe he's going to, as Connor mm. says here, I, you know, he said he was sceptical until he, he actually showed the show and it at work for him, so, yeah, maybe it'll, uh, maybe it'll, uh, it'll, it'll dawn on me, but again, I'm just glad they didn't, uh, they didn't use it for every ad break, because uh, that's, uh, that's always a uh, death for, uh, for any good song, but again, it's never going to appeal to my music sensibilities, JP, I'm celebrating today because, uh, because Quavo and Offset got packs of other Famigos, and I don't know if that means those those words mean anything to you. I, but you know, Elton John's never going to be up my street, you know. Um, so that's probably bad. not. <laughs> but it, it's a good lead into like the conversation of the you know the present mm. a whole. You know, we talked about a lot about it on the weekend show and Spotlight last week when we were, we were talking the show. Obviously, we'll uh, we'll get into the punk stuff. But what did you make make of it all? Like, you know, did you? the differences to to dynamite and stuff like i think the you know the stage is obviously quite a bit bigger it's a mm. it's an led stage i saw a lot of people disappointed with that on saturday think just mainstream wrestling products or entertainment products in general that's just the go-to at this point i would love a handmade halloween havoc you know type stage but i don't know if we're uh, we're getting that in a in mainstream wrestling but yeah before yeah. we get to everything else what did you you know you we were saying we, we want this to be something different to dynamite both in presentation commentary we kind kind of got that same with like that you know the music to kick off but yeah like as an overall like yeah how did this uh this meet your expectations JP? in terms of the presentation of it and how it looked i mean with the <clears throat> i thought the commentators being in a different place and the fact that for the most part of the show it's kevin kelly and nigel mcginnis who haven't commentated in a in AEW outside of like Forbidden Door, and I don't even know if Nigel's gone on to commentary at some point, possibly. And so I actually thought that was good. I thought the set generally looked good because I like the color scheme and the LED things. Like you say, it's, it's like a necessary evil because you've got you've got to imagine they're being used to also broadcast parts of the match and backstage stuff as well. So they just serve as a giant monitor for people to have a look at. So I was fine with it on there. In terms of the commentary itself, I had issues with it. Partly because it felt like Kevin Dunn was, I don't know, sorry, Kevin, Kevin Dunn, Dunn faster than my head, isn't he? <laughs> um, Kevin Kevin Kelly, it, it was just felt like an odd fit. Like, it, I yeah. don't know. It was just like asking him to dive in and dive into all these storylines and stuff. And I was a bit like, I'm, I'm not exactly quite sure about this. Mm. Um, and does he have the kind of tone of voice? I think some of that is you have to wait and see. He has to get used to the show and things like that. And I get people, you know, some people may not particularly like him. I've generally found him fine. And then there's times in new Japan where there's kind of a lot of resting on laurels and they like, they become so self-involved. So I'm wary about that with Nigel. The thing I didn't like about Nigel was he would go into oversell NXT mode and yeah, stuff he like he's that. Got that. He's followed, he's swallowed that 
WWE phrase phone book, hasn't he? And he hasn't quite vomited it all back up. Sorry for the metaphor, but like that, that's how he comes across. He still feels like yeah. he's in that. Like, my take, I mean, and it's a good lead into like, did the show feel different than Dynamite as a show? You know, pacing, all things like that. I think mm. it was, uh, we talked about, you know, we, the news came out right after Weekend Show, and we were talking about what we do with the commentary. You know, I, I, I we were talking about, you know, could, could it be Ian Riccoboni and Caprice Coleman? Mm-hmm. And there were clearly negatives to that, because I think ROH is clearly a B product, and you wanted this to feel like an A product off the, off the start. I think I get why he went with Kevin Kelly for that reason. I get why JR was allegedly part of this, this three-man booth, you know, for the, the few minutes he was at the end to do that, but... I don't have a strong negative take on Kevin Kelly. I just think he's fine. I think that's what it is. He's fine. I've never really thought he hasn't like got that bassy commentator. He hasn't got that heavy. I can't hmm. describe. He hasn't just got that heavy presence as a commentator that I kind of want from a lead, lead announcer. He's never felt like an A mic. He's always felt like a B mic for me when when he's on stuff. So there's that going against him <coughs> as well. There's the fact that he is so associated with New Japan. I don't think he shit the bed at all, and I am willing to give it more time. Mm. But I just can't help but think, like, why would in, in a company where Tony Khan has got four hundred commentators under under? It's typical Tony Khan, isn't it? I'll go sign another one, like, because that's what he does. Like Nigel, I've got less complaints about. Like I said, there is the WWE issue, but I thought he was fine in the night. Kevin Kelly, I do think. It could have been that could have been Ian Riccoboni. I wouldn't do Ian Caprice Nigel. I think that's too much. But I would have no. taken, you know, Ian, Nigel. I know that's getting towards too much ROH, but like throwing a Shivani. Paul White? Um, maybe, uh, I don't know. I don't think he's ever said the word of I think Shivani. Like, Shivani <clears throat> is that nice, calming, you know, dab presence that, mm. like, he's the, he's, he's JR, but functional. It's not like he says anything that yeah. interesting, but he's so much better at being that third chair. Even Excalibur, I don't think is that was, you know, especially in the early days of Dynamite, I think he can play that third chair. Maybe it lessens him to make it on this, but yeah, I'm really mid on it, really, as far as the commentary goes. I just don't, I don't think, I think if Kevin Kelly's over, overdoing G1 and Rick Barney gets to stand in for him, which is uh, definitely a hope of mine. I think I'll that's take, the plan. I'll take that. Maybe it'll be Excalibur. Um, you will step in as well and we'll see the difference. But it was, the, the positive was it, it felt different. Like the atmosphere of the show mm-hmm. felt different, partly because of the commentary. Whether it was a chemistry thing or it was, you know, there were bits where, like, it felt like, especially uh, during the uh, the Andrade match, where they weren't a hundred percent sure where the ad break was supposed to be. It's because they're not used to the AW way of doing things. There were a lot of silences, and part of me was like that felt like a negative, but then part of me, like the rest of the show, just appreciated that it was different. It wasn't mile a minute Excalibur. So there's those positives too. Do you get what I mean? I felt like I kind of felt like that as a show. Like overall, it felt pace different than dynamite and again i've seen that as a negative i know gareth uh, you know we put on our discord you know we'll, we'll have gareth on next week um, for forbidden dawn we'll get more of his thoughts there no he wasn't you know massively kind of into it as, a, as an overall show but like even some of those negatives i kind of appreciate that i just wanted it to be different than dynamite I think overall it was JP. I don't know correct me if, if you disagree because i think i've seen both opinions because i think the pacing of it felt different, you know, given the main events, half an hour, the punk promo, which we're, of course, going to get into in a minute, kind of lead mm-hmm. things off. It felt like a grown-up wrestling show to me. I think that was the that was the positive. It felt reserved. It felt like, you know, the, like an, an angle would happen, like at the end of the, 
you know, the Luchasaurus Wardlow match, and we got a recap mm. afterwards. I know that's basic stuff, but like, <clears throat> it's all this old man stuff that the types of us or away Keller or whatever will complain about on podcast. Ah, too much happens on Dynamite. There's too many people on screen. There's too much to keep track of. And some of those complaints are often made in bad faith, but some, there's something to it. You know, Dynamite does come at you a mile yeah. Last week's Dynamite, I fucking loved it, but Dynamite's got a certain pace and a certain aesthetic to it. I, I thought broadly a positive of Collision was that it did feel paced just that little bit slower and that little bit more deliberate and things like giving the main event half an hour, whether you agree they made great use of that half an hour or not, are the types of things I maybe want from this show? I think I can see your point. I think how I felt about it was rather than the pacing, but the structure of the show still felt the way that they put it effectively together is still kind of like dynamite in terms of the way that they'll do a promo segment that'll be then interspliced with like a backstage interview with Lexi Nair. And then there'll be Shivani in the ring and yeah. things like that. And there's, and I think, but I also think with this is, this is also the kind of thing where it's giving it a month. Okay. Are they going to look at this and they're going to think actually that works, but I thought yeah. they didn't overload it with matches and the match that they were going to give the longest was the main event, which, I mean, I would argue it was kind of like a bit a bit too long for me. I didn't think it was bad or anything else, but I just thought, okay, it was a bit long, but it was kind of fine because I, it wasn't a match I was like crazily excited about until yeah. I'd seen, like after I'd seen the, ha- the headlock. So it didn't have that kind of natural in- intrigue for me. I think, and I think that's, that's possibly where, you want the different voices. I suppose I'm wanting to see perhaps, are they going to do angles in a particular different way? They're going to tell the stories in a particular different way. The thing that it has is lots of people who, while some of them aren't big stars, I'm kind of intrigued by, I'm intrigued by Miro because there's interesting directions you could go. If you put him into a top line mix Andrade, you could do interesting ones, but if it just becomes another trios match between, and if it was going to be dynamite, we'd be seeing LFI versus house of black. That's what we kind of go to. What I actually want to see is Malachi Black and Andrade feud. Yeah. Because these guys then should be, the winner of that should be moving to the next level. If we see stuff like that, then I'm kind of fine with it. So like, I think there's, there's a stuff about it that is definitely kind of interesting. I also didn't think, maybe it was just me. I didn't think the crowd sounded amazing, hmm. which is a constant kind of, uh, I don't know if it's, you know, Maybe it was just me, but um, I, I was a bit kind of like, I don't know, at times I thought, I'm, I'm sure they're a lot louder than what perhaps I'm hearing here uh, at, at this point. But So those are the things I mean in terms about the structure. I agree with you, though, about the pacing. And as a watch, it was a kind of easy enough two-hour watch. Whether that is a massive hook for a show to go forward, and I suppose we'll find out when the ratings come in. Yeah, we're talking about that, the, the expectation. We're not getting them till Wednesday, so people are, are safe from too much ratings discourse until then. But I've got some takes yeah. on kind of what I expect to happen going forward. But yeah, I think I'd rather... The, I, w- I would like them to lean into more of that, more of those differences. I want it there to be a reason outside of Punk <laughs> to tune in on Saturday nights because yeah. he was your main draw here. Like, obviously, that's the idea. But it's going to be interesting going forward because, like... Dynamite is going to have Jericho, Moxley, Hangman, you know, Kenny, Brian. Although Brian was in the intro, wasn't he? I was presently surprised by that, that he was there. Mm-hmm. Maybe we're getting Brian on collision as well. But, like, <laughs> on this one, 
it's just punk. And that's the biggest criticism I think I've seen people have that like, what else was on the show to hook you going forwards? Maybe you don't need anything else on the show to hook you going forwards because they got that punk angle. Saturday nights are where you can see punk and that's enough right now. Uh, but that's where maybe I do agree with the criticism like, when we get into it. Did the, the B-level stuff that wasn't punk that they filled into what I thought was a nicely paced show, was it compelling enough to you know to make up for that, to make up the fact that this is going to be an additional two hours of time everyone's going to be expected to tune in for if they want to see CM Punk? That's where it gets a little bit more ropey for me, where I've got a bit of criticism. But yeah, we can, I mean, we can get into all of that. We should probably mm. talk the elephant in the room before we do which is you know my favorite subject which is cm punk who the show was built around and it was wrapped around that like the opening uh you know segments and and obviously the uh, the half hour of the uh of the main event uh tv time uh that we got and uh oh one bill phil got a got out there and was a uh, was shooting jp i mean i think people know i loved it because of course it did <laughs> took me an hour to to recover and i will say you know to back up um what voices of wrestling were saying you know if you think these promo lines were like on the fly or whatever before we recorded joe punk on thursday i also had heard this one bill phil line you know it was kind of doing the rounds and people who knew kind of knew that was gonna be a line somewhere i wasn't sure actually when i heard it whether it was going to be a line in his promo or whether it was just something you know he was gonna uh, be saying in that espn interview which obviously caused earlier the kickoff on air uh, on friday as well but yeah i mean as a it's a weird one because i've heard it talked about as like the promo of the year I've heard, you know, obviously there's there's criticism to be had there. I think one that I, I will, I, I think is fair is didn't really do much building up the main event, did he? Um, he let the rest of the show do that, and the, and that was again a positive to the production of it. Lots of video packages and lots of stuff to let you know that that you know, like you said, or underwhelmer maybe uh, six man was uh, was in the main event. Didn't really do that, but he did use some of the promo time to build up the MJF thing, but. I don't think that's what anyone's going to be talking about, JP, is it? It's going to be the, you know, the lines about the books and the, I don't know, Bret Hart 97 vibe of the entire thing. Like, was he really a baby face anyway? Like, he was coming, he was coming across pure. Like, if, if that was in it, like you said about the crowd, then if it was in another place, there's no way he was getting a, a positive reaction to some of the things he was going for here. But yeah. Leaned into it all, JP. Mentioned it all, um, and yes, said more than maybe we we expected going in with the uh, the weekend show on Friday. Don't know. Before I get into it, what was your uh, what was your reaction to uh, to all one Bill Phil and his uh, you know he's a star. He doesn't uh, doesn't taste doesn't chase stars, which was a, a nice line by the way. They cut out of the YouTube version uh, of the yeah. that they put on. So maybe that's one as we get into what was uh, authorized and what wasn't that uh, that didn't make the. Uh, that landed on the cutting room floor, but yeah, um, a lot of ways, a lot of expectation on Punk. How did you think it, it went? He delivered what he needed to deliver in the promo, which is something that is a bit edgy, that gives us a talking point, gives us those kind of things. At the same time, it was delivered the way he walked to the ring. If you remember the first, the first time he came out in Chicago, he was jumping into the crowd, and obviously he's not going to be doing that anymore given the injuries, but just the mannerisms and other stuff. And he was classic heel in the sense of, like, tell me when I'm telling lies. That's <laughs> such a that's like the most heelish line because every great heel is that idea they they're motivated by being right, yeah. by being right. That's the fundamental key to all of this is that they are right. The end. 
And I think that's what this like kind of managed to do. Now he was always going to get the baby face response and stuff like that. And it worked well for the six man. It makes it more interesting in, in later weeks about where they go with this. Is this going to be like, they're going to just see the reactions. It also felt like it forced the situation, which then made me start to think that line, if we're hearing about it, they know about it. Is that line then in that case, it kind of needs to be approved. There are levels it's going to go through. Word is going to filter back to the Bucks and Kenny. And him saying that, it kind of forces the issue. The issue with this is, it's almost like, I'm going to say the stuff that people want to hear because it's interesting. And whether the other lot don't want to take part in this, I don't give a shit. Because by default, I'm going to kind of force you to be involved. Which is great, because it's kind of what we all want. And the idea, really what we want is a proper response because any passive aggressive stuff, I know being the elite is out any passive aggressive, like kind of snarky. I'm going to put this in the Twitter bio bio line. That's fucking schoolyard shit. Yeah. Like, and anybody who's talking about how much money he makes and the idea of this being the wrestling business, that's heel talk. (laughs) Babyface talk is about doing it for fans. That is heel talk. And I loved it because I want Phil the heel. Yeah. How many, how many times did we say in the early days of a, of him in AEW, like me and Gareth as the big punk guys, be like, it's nice that he's happy, but like, <laughs> I'd like him to say, t- like, he's done one too many stage dives and he did turn out to do one too many stage dives. And that, remember that happy to be here punk that we were all kind of sick of in the early days? Been a bit retcon now, we pretend that didn't happen. You know, he was missing that edge. And this to me felt like that was what we got. And like obviously he's blurring lines between the real life and the and you know whatever is, is going to be happening on, on TV. I'm still skeptical, very skeptical, and I think it's fair to say on whether uh, there'll be anything um, with the with the elite as far as like a TV program. Maybe slightly more. You know, if I went from five percent expecting it. Maybe up to like 20, 25%. So maybe that's significant. But overall, I still overwhelmingly think there's not a program coming. But like, he did. He went out there. He went out with the chip on his shoulder that he's clearly got in real life. And that clearly came out in that ESPN piece where, you know, he couldn't help himself but take a few extra swipes at a, a hangman page. And I think you nailed it there, JP. Gave people what they want. Because like, I mean, I think, People can say he should have gone out there and just built the main event up. Should have gone out there and built the MJF feud up. But, like, we all wanted this, didn't we? Like, or at least the majority of what is the AEW audience. Like, I can't... Like, this idea that there's, like, casuals out there who wouldn't have understood what he was going on about. I'm sure there's some people out there who don't didn't, you know, didn't recognise the books line or didn't understand what he talked about when he said, like, your favourite wrestlers, you know, uh, uh, the only people softer than you are your favourite wrestlers. Again, another line at them. But if you're at that level and not engaged, like, most of it's probably going over your head. You're probably asking your mates, like, who's that on screen when, like, you know, when actual wrestlers come out, you know? Probably don't know who Jay White is at that point, you know? There's, like... And I think if you're watching wrestling, not knowing all that stuff, I still think there was enough in the segment and enough venom and enough, like, you know, the crowd kind of getting into it and, and enough just good quality material that even if you didn't understand... You might Google it. <laughs> you might try and figure it out. You might look it up. And I think, that, and again, I think that's a bit of a non-issue when it's AEW, when probably the vast majority of people, you know, watch and know it. And I think that's the thing. I think that's that. I, I again, 
got a big kick out of a lot of the lines in there. Got a big kick out of them leading into, like, you know, this the unbikable side of CM Punk. Um, and there's a lot there to, to not like. I'll accept that even, even as a Punk fan. But I think he walked the line really well. I think that that was what we wanted out of this segment. We wanted those lines. It's, you know, immediately... We were saying it about, you know, Collision. Were we that excited for Collision? Well, that ESPN piece came out and all of a sudden Collision was like the thing everyone was talking about. Oh, no, what's Punk going to do? What's, what's he going to say? That's why he's a big star. That's literally this. This chip on his shoulder, great mentality that he's had going back to, to WWE and to the, to the indies before it is what makes him a major star in being out there and maybe taking a couple of liberties if they are them, you know, with the line about the, the star ratings or whatever and, you know, mm. saying a bit more about Hangman if you believe it than, than he should. These are all reasons why CM Punk is a star. These are all reasons why he's one of the, the most compelling people in the history of wrestling. This, these are all reasons why he is a main eventer. Like, that's why, you know, people pay, pay for tickets by hook or by crook to see him. So... I'm saying this as a punk fan. I got what I wanted out of it, JP. And I think, really, even the people who maybe didn't like it, they got what they wanted out of it as well, which uh, kind of alludes to the points punk was making there. I, I thought it was a it was a home run. I, 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 I'd struggle to say it was one of the greatest promos of all time, as I've seen in, in some places, but I thought it was everything I would have wanted from 15, 20 minutes of CM Punk with a mic and more. It delivered exactly i mean i thought it, i've seen him do better there's been i mean you've got pipe bomb and stuff like that yeah. so but there's also an expectancy we've seen that before so what can he do that's really going to reinvent the wheel well the thing that he did was bring up the issue that people again wanted to hear and it's just a dynamic because if kenny and the bucks don't respond and they do like a moral high ground and stuff fans are going to chant for this they're going to chant his name they're oh, going to be almost totally right forcing the situation when melter said punk wins either way yeah like, if Punk gets the yeah. match, he wins. Punk doesn't get the match, they look like dickheads. If they leave, yep. he wins even more. <laughs> he's, that's yep. why he's Punk. He's won here. He has. And he's just gone, no. And it is and it is that kind of, like... Uh, uh, and uh, It's the thing that goes on with wrestling. Like, there's a, there's a reason, like, in terms of the attitude here and things kick off. Mm. Like, there's so much when you go to, like, Montreal and the rest of it, and you're talking about wrestlers with genuine animosity. Those kind of personal issues have always drawn in wrestling. They have. Jerry Jarrett had it as a fucking plaque on his wall. Like, this is the kind of stuff... Because it works. Because it becomes real then at that point. We know that that animosity doesn't, as soon as he goes into MJF stuff, they're working a storyline. We know this, like, you know, regardless of anything else that there the isn't that about, level. Um, being in the best dog collar match, I won the best dog collar match. That was another good one. You know, he's been sitting on. Mm. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I don't know. I, and I'm not, I think the MJF thing is probably, you know, maybe we need, we need the main event for all in and we need the main event for all out. Which one's Adam yeah. Cole and which one's Punk is going to be the uh, the speculation going forward. And yeah, Chicago might be the lead for that, but I really hope we get it all in. Um, I'll take that. Because I don't, I, I mean, where, where are you on the, on the possibility of like, because I, I do acknowledge that I think in the ESPN interview and I think a lot of what he's doing here, like I think he is working. I think he's leaning into it because he wants the character. I think the company, you know, is approving a lot of this. You know, there's some nonsense out about how oh there'll be a little bit no one from the company on that call with the ESPN. The fucking would have been, and it turned out there was. So of course the company are in this in some form. Like play Gareth for us. Like do you buy do you buy it all that there's a work on the other side or there's an there's a possibility of any of this stuff leading to a match or was it just 
it was it was for this moment it was for what people wanted to hear from punk and he managed to get a few personal you know swipes and gripes in there as well because of course he did is that all this was i won't lie there is a part of me that thinks has this just been a gigantic meta work <laughs> from beginning to end it is the, the epitome of working everyone Russo. did the brawl even <laughs> happen everything else stuff like that he, he, you know there's a part of me that wants to believe it because it, yeah, because it, it launched into the the Russoific type of uh, part of my brain. There should be, there should be matches from this. There should be matches. There should be feuds. This should be going on for months, if not years. Like because if you think of the hot programs they have, the programs they haven't done, the you know, like Punk Omega falls very heavily and squarely into that mix, and it's where you're going to get the most interest. And let's be honest. They're in TV, right, okay, they have to put their best foot forward. When the ratings and stuff come through, like, this is going to be a show which decides, does this AEW become an, a billion-dollar company? Ultimately, this succeeds, they get that TV deal they want, they are set. Then they can start laying serious, serious groundwork. In order for that, they need to start drawing, because as we've spoken about, and as Gareth has spoken about, they've been on year-on-year declines. So, I really do. I think my biggest take coming out of this is that, like, we can, just to briefly talk the rating stuff, I think we'll get a big number for the for, for the collision debut. But I think going forward, I think just the very idea of expecting people to watch two more hours of first run AW content is going to eat it. Because that's the, this is the gamble here. They're clearly splitting the audience. Because if you're a Leap fan, it's Wednesdays. Yeah. And you're a Punk fan, it's Saturdays. And obviously, the majority of us normal people, you know, will watch both or, or will, you know, be interested in watching both. But, like, by doing that, they're going to stretch the audience. And I, I don't... I honestly think that, that maybe this is a pull claim. The year... The year-on-year year declines, or at least stasis, will continue with AEW. I don't think they're ever going to grow again. Like, I really don't. I think Dynamite... I think... The positive to this, and it's a massive positive, is they'll have a show on Saturdays that let's say does six hundred thousand or six fifty, and you know is top five in the demo. A and then I was going to say AW then Dynamite on a Wednesday. I think will continue to do eight hundreds, maybe even slightly lower if you know again people are, are picking and choosing whether they're they're watching on a Wednesday or they're watching on a Saturday. Which which night of the week are they kind of giving up for this stuff? But that'll continue to, you know, be top five in the demo. I think there'll be a chip out of Dynamite, but a strong enough collision number that, like, you're going to do 800,000 and then maybe 600,000 or something like that. And that's probably mm. enough, you know, for for the, for the network. That's probably great news, isn't it? They get two shows that yeah. are, especially 1849, both top five. But I think you're kind of, as WCW learns and as, you know, kind of, wrestling history kind of shows you're almost like digging in now okay this is the end almost the end of the growth and it's like let's just cash in and let's rather than any hope that they were ever going to pass that you know overall magic million number or ever get the demo past raw or smackdown on a wednesday instead let's super save and do these two shows and that's where the money's gonna be because i think that's that's probably when it, what's gonna happen long term with these two shows I think they will in the States where AEW has the real room for growth is internationally. And obviously we've seen this with Wembley, but then other places as well, like in terms of TV deals and things like that, there is that, that's, that's the kind of next step that the big TV deal allows them to do. In terms of the rates, if I'm going to predict, I'm going to go on the low side, I'm going to say just over 650 
for this week because I just think the night of the week and stuff like that, and it's not. You think like, that'll be an outlier, things, or that'll be the the standard then after that? I think it's going to get to the half a million, and it's whether or not do they let it drop into that rampage hole that happened. Yeah, that's that's the big fear because if things don't start to work, and really at this point kind of what you want is you want, I know it's going to sound bizarre because it sounds like I'm buying into some raw versus SmackDown feud, but there should be the idea of creative juices flowing. There's interesting things that have been mentioned in the chat about this as well. The idea that you might get elite fans that are angry to tune into collision to kick off a punk and then vice versa with punk fans tuning into dynamite to kick off at the elite. If they're both buying into it and there's needle and it's this bigger storyline that's kind of over the two shows that's kind of real, but you, they, you can't have these guys in the same arena together. It There's something to that if they're willing to go along with it. And I think as well, a point that Chris mentions here in the chat, the fact they put the counterfeit bucks line in the Twitter bio, yeah. like it's the acknowledgement suggests then at that point, okay, they might be seeing about this. And I know, it's one of the things, and people have quite rightly said, like, they don't have to work with him. No, they don't. That's true. I would say that the idea, the line I've heard about, like, we can't do this in our workplace, and it's going to sound really odd, wrestling and sports is different. Footballers kick off at each other. Rugby players kick off at each other, and this stuff in training. This happens quite a lot in those kind of environments because of the competitive juices and the, the physical nature of it all, isn't it? And they're like kind of hitting each other. That's why you see people looking at hangman chopping CM Punk as if it's the fucking oh Zapruder footage. God. It's like the Zapruder footage in JFK, yeah. like back and to the left, back and to the left, isn't it? That's what you're hearing on a loop. Um, people engage though <laughs> in a way like it is. the wrong way but you know but it gets but it is that kind of but it is that kind of needle that's bigger and i think it makes it obviously there's there's benefits to this if they can do this and come together and work which is kind of what they should be looking at doing i mean i'll take i mean back to the show itself like i think Sorry. the only thing we're left out that were that was missing from this it was a hook Kind of to make you want to, because that when you mentioned the numbers there, it's like, say it did do a monster number on Saturday. Is that hatred of punk or love of punk going to be enough to make people tune in next week? Is it going to be enough to make people buy tickets to Toronto? It's not so much looking at it right now, or Hamilton the, the, the week after. It's not so much looking at it like it now. Because I do think the the bit that they missed on this, you know, as we get into the, the, the show itself... As much as I love that punk promo, and as much as I enjoyed that main event, and I was surprised that a lot of people, you know, didn't particularly uh, love it, or I won't be so surprised with UJP as the uh, the resident trios match hater. Yeah, exactly. Outside of like, I'm a big CM Punk fan, and I want to see CM Punk next week, and continues to see him on on my television. What was the other reason to keep to watch next week? <laughs> like they didn't advertise anything, didn't give you any kind of cliffhanger. I thought like, oh. This main event tag's gonna end with as much as I'm not, even I'm not that asked about it. Kenta coming out and attacking Punk, or some future opponent for Punk coming out and attacking him. If it's if it's not Kenta, oh, they're gonna have a big angle in the middle of the show. Even when like I was working myself into a shoot when the acclaim came out and did their segment that literally was there for no good reason whatsoever. Oh, I I but I just thought, oh, maybe maybe I've just made this up. But like me and Steph were talking about, it. I think it was to be fair, it was her. She was like, oh, maybe LAX are coming back here. Maybe this is you know we're we're, we're solving all problems here. Santana and Ortiz have gotten a room and the mates again, and they're gonna come out and that's gonna be your big moments and your big hook for some kind of feud with those teams going forward. 
there wasn't really anything, was there? That was yeah. as much as I can praise the show as being for me, you know, paced in a in a, in a maybe a more grown up way and doing a you know a few of those little things that maybe can be missing from from the frantic but great dynamites at times. The fundamental thing they didn't do was give you any kind of hook for next week because we made punk talk. We've seen them wrestle that one. Yeah. What were the big angles? Because if you think about it on there, like the big angle, what Andrade and the House of Black might be feuding. Yeah. Mm? Like that's really it. We saw Sky Blue will in Night Gold versus the Outcast. That's just a continuation of a feud on Dynamite. Yeah. Really. And it was on there because it's like, you know, it's not the return of Thunder Rosa, is it? who would be coming in into the, the women's division on there. I mean, and that's like kind of part of the point I say about the structural stuff on there as well. Like they didn't, it was much more about plugging dynamite than it was and forbidden door. And they'd kind of forgotten to plug this show that's on there, which if it is meant to be a separate entity, shouldn't that be the kind of concern? I, I get the idea of plugging dynamite. I'm not a fool. Yeah, and they can but, plug it on dynamite, can't they? But, the, but then even yeah. then, is that not just going to be Excalibur at the end going, we got this match, this match, this match, and this match for collision this week. That's still not really a hook, is it? It's just cult more cult. Because no. that, that was the thing about this show. It did feel the negative. Felt a bit cold. And I think you can forgive mm. that because it's a reboot. It's like, we're starting again. You know, there are going to be, you know, Andrade and Buddy Matthews have not really got any history, despite, you know, other than the fact that they've got misses in, uh, in the WWE. Outside of that, like, there was no real reason yeah. for that match to take place. But, you know, at least that, I suppose there was a bit of storyline development at the end of that one. But, like, is it just going to be more cold than that matches announced? Because I don't think that's the same as having some kind of really hot angle at the end of it, or even, you know, maybe they didn't want to do any kind of big debut with it being the Punk Return show. If they do have Mercedes up their sleeve, maybe they want to save that for another week. If, you know, there were other people they were going to bring in, like, I don't know, just fancy booking Ortiz and Santana or something. Not there's any, 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 you know, rumour about that out there. Maybe they're saving that. But, yeah, it was just weird because it was... Again, a mm. functional show, but yeah, just missing that. And that's the thing, isn't it? It's like you're not convinced that Luchasaurus is just going to be defending the TNT title on there, even though he should do. It should make sense Christian for it as well. Christian there, by the way, I've got to say. Christian oh, yeah. on. Christian being like the actual champion where Luchasaurus is defending the belt, I can get on board with that. More on board than I can Wardlow. Seeing people moan about the TNT title changing again, I don't care that the TNT title can change. And I also don't care that Wardlow's lost it because, as far I'm, as I'm concerned, throw him in a tag team with Brian Cage at this point. He could be the uh, the new Road Warriors or something. <laughs> like, I just, new skyscrapers. <laughs> Sid, Sid and Dan Spivey is what uh, that is. Is what well, they'd end up becoming. That man is lukewarm um, right now. Fuck, I know. Everything, I think even the move set seems stale. That doesn't seem to get the same sort of reactions that it did as well. Yeah, this was, I mean, I kind of thought this was going to happen. It felt like it was much more interesting for the storyline because I couldn't give a shit about this Arn Anderson stuff. If I'm going to be frank about it as well. But yeah, I thought Christian Cage at the end of this was absolutely tremendous. In terms of where you go with this from Luchasaurus, I mean, I suppose in some ways he's going to end up in the Wardlow mould of just having squash matches, open challenges. That appears to be everything that they do with TNT titles, don't they really, at this point? And you can see him doing exactly the same thing, which is the issue with AEW. Like, after this, in some ways, you'd want to see somebody challenging Luchasaurus for next week, not liking the way that Christian's won it. You, would ex- you know what I mean? That's what kind of you think Wrestling Booking 101 would do. Like to kind of like emphasize them, might you know, suppose, like you say, have 
one of the a couple of stuff. Yeah, Luchasaurus wasn't. I mean, I, I'm guessing they're not. They're not ramp because uh, that's a, It's not a hard brand, but that was the other thing we learned on Saturday. Because yeah. clearly, people are going to be. There's going to be the lower guys going back and forth. Maybe they do something like that on Dynamite. You know, to do that. Um, Chris Ellis asked, "Would you put Wardlow back with MJF?" No. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I just don't think you justify. You know that, but I don't know what else you do to uh to bring the uh, to light the uh, the lab back on fire because this certainly is it. Um, but yeah, I enjoyed that. I did not appear for a while. Yeah, maybe. They, uh, I mean, they do it enough with other people, don't they? Um, yeah. I mean, speaking of not appearing for a while, what do you think of Miro and uh, Andrade's uh, returns to uh, to AEW? Um, I think uh, you know, obviously, two very different matches are squashed in, uh, and what I thought was a very good match between uh, Buddy and, uh, and Andrade. Yeah. Both the uh, the fake injury stuff, despite the uh, the weirdness with the uh, with the ab break, but yeah, overall positive. I think their their reintroductions. Yeah, I did. I thought that was that was generally positive. And Drade came on and and like he won the match. It's whether or not he goes into a singles feud. If he gets lost in doing fucking faction warfare again, which is all he was involved in the first time round, you know, it's a waste because it's like a lot of people. It's like Miro, and I feel the same way. Like both of them, there is potential, but they aren't. They do seem to be like relatively. It's like they're motivated by very different things. Like Miro sees a life beyond wrestling and the rest of it, and it appears to be that's where he kind of sees it going long term. I loved. I mean, all I've ever wanted is for him to be given some kind of chance around the top of the card. Him involved in promos with Punk would be interesting. Now, would you put Punk in there with him, given his kind of delicate, fragile body and stuff like that? It feels like it's a little bit more risky. Andrade's the kind of the same. Like, and you want there to be like these guys busting a gut to say, no, actually we should need be near the top of the card and there's space for them to go into. Yeah. It felt, it felt like the Andrade, I mean, actually solid way to reintroduce Miro might have, yeah. had, might have gone half the time maybe, but you know, it was, uh, it, it was in the end, it was fine for what it was. Buddy and Andrade felt like you needed that match, I think, on this card, because I think Wardlow and Luchasaurus, I thought was a bad choice to go, go on first as far as like a, brand new brand that you've got here that's going to be like this fresh new thing and then them two went out there and had a not not too good match buddy and andrade was the reverse i thought this was a you know 3.75 to four star level you know tv match and uh, where both look great and it was you know i think andrade yeah i don't want him to get lost in faction warfare as you said because his initial aw run was was pretty weak but i'm hopeful for better things here yeah so but yeah the show needed that match uh i didn't think sky yeah. like, guess the outcast was was up to much i was kind of hoping again that might be a place to uh you know they gave sky blue a nice you know, hometown win. So, you know, at least there was that, but I thought, yeah, there might be a debut or a return or something cumbering there. That is going to be the women's match for forbidden door. It's the one that makes the most sense. Willow Nightingale versus Tony storm. Like if in a bind, it should obviously Mercedes Monet would have been the original plan. And that would have been the obvious choice you'd go for as a backup. It does work to a degree. And I think the crowd will react. I mean, that's the thing about Willow Nightingale. She does kind of react. And I did actually think, I mean, Sky Blue is in that position in AEW where it's, and they have this all the time in the women's division. There's a young, very fresh wrestler, and they get very excited about for a bit, like whether it's a Red Velvet or uh, a Layla Hirsch at times. And then there's an unfortunate, or even Anna Jay, Ty Mello, and then they just end up falling down the card. Yeah. And I see like a lot of hope and expectation, but I suppose I'm just burnt off by that, by thinking, is she anything that's like, sure, she's got 
you know, she's in Chicago. She's going to get that kind of good reaction and stuff like that. It's kind of, but where outside of Chicago, is she going to be able to improve at the rate that they kind of need her to as well? There's like, there's a lot of pressure for that because you see a red velvet came in and didn't, you know, they had expectations and they don't really live up to them. So this kind of felt like this was just the same women's division that we see on dynamite just transplanted onto collision oh, when people, whereas they should be doing something different yeah and I agree with that but when people are like oh well, there's only one women's match so, well if it's going to be like this then yeah like is anyone was anyone gasping for another one of these on this show I mean I think you're lying if, you, if you're if pretending you were I understand fundamentally the division needs to change but like yeah I mean this was enough for me um, on this show and I thought it was the, uh, the weak spot of the show um, to be honest but I mean, yeah, let's get, we talked here before we move on the main event. Um, I suppose in a, in a in a little bit more detail, JP, did you? Uh, yeah, mm. you said you, you, it wasn't for you that uh, that half an hour went too long for you. Just a little bit too long, but I was watching it ridiculously early in the morning as well for it as a match. And funny enough, we've seen, uh, you know, it was kind of what I expected it to be in the sense. I mean, I thought Jim Ross was a disaster. Oh, commentary you shouldn't be like, on just telly. to mention that first of all. Shouldn't no. like as soon as you hear them talk, it was like nope. Shouldn't have put a mic. Um, the fact that it took him, maybe it's saving face, but it took him to go on Twitter and say, I'm taking a break. You know, obviously that wasn't good enough. Like, sorry, a grown up backstage needs to go, no, Jim. Like, your, your name value isn't worth this. No, it isn't. And I have to say, I think that name value is kind of receding. And if you look at where he is, this the guy's gone from the frontline commentator on Dynamite to someone who is you're wheeling out for the I know he was on Rampage this week wasn't he it was him and Jericho and back on that, uh, nah. yeah and, and it's he, he his time as a wrestling commentator is, is coming and on. we say that even like, even being us, I've got, I mean I'll speak to myself, I've got loads of sympathy for Jim Ross's situation you know yeah whatever's happening with him having all these falls and black eyes not really you know worth the time getting into but you know if the company and working for this major wrestling company is good for him you know given the stuff you know as well mm. and all of that great but he doesn't need to be on camera like and somebody somebody needs to put that foot down because it felt like we were getting there he'd started you know become the rampage guy and he was maybe on the you know we had like the half of the pay-per-views which i didn't love but at least it was less um i thought we were phasing him out and maybe maybe this is going to be the, the wake-up call we need but i i really enjoyed the main event um i just it just felt it's enjoyable match yeah i mean yeah yeah i i, I mean i i've seen lots of about it going too long but again for me i kind of i like that they gave it time i loved obviously but i'm you know i'm perfectly poised especially doing that podcast on thursday to love you know the joe punk interactions that was where you missed excalibur because kevin kelly just does those types of little things doesn't really know does he and like where's excalibur you know he's what you know despite the fact he was active wrestling at the time he's he's seen the punk joe trilogy or at least he knows what it means to hardcore fans kevin kelly should know it it's only worked for Ring of Honor for as long as he did. Yeah, it was half reference, but it just wasn't in the same way that you get. That's where you missed Excalibur because he'd know it in, in and out. Um, but the crowd reacted to it big, and you know I think that's enough, really. Like as long as the crowd mm. reacted to it, I think if you're watching at home and you didn't get it, you at least got that it was a big deal. So I thought that was great. And again, for me personally, as we talked with Jamesy on Thursday, the fact that Punk grabbed the headlock right away was like, yes, of course you did. Uh, let's uh, let's lead into that uh, that law from back in the day. So I, th- I thought that was good. It felt good. Joe was great in the match. I thought this was perfect yeah. for Joe. Like he's probably washed as a singles guy. I'm, 
I do think those derby matches were a bit of a mirage. Um, I say that, watch him and Punk go out and have a, have a classic when they eventually do have that match. But like in a tag where he was picking his spots, very much enjoyed Joe. I thought he was great in this. Juice Robinson, I'm softening on. I think I still... Um, the underlying problem of, of Bullet Club Gold is one, that the Bullet Club, but two... Him and Jay White have just been presented too much as basically equals. And I, I think that's Jay being too generous mm-hmm. and giving Juice too much. He should be the clear number one and Juice should be several notches below him. But he is entertaining as kind of that mid-card goof. And as you said, the guy in there to take the fall. So I thought he was good. And I thought Jay White was, you know, the polished professional heel he's always, you know, always going to be. And I think he's a safe pair of hands for a punk, you know, as far as uh, if he's worried the hangman page was going to shoot at him or chop him in the face. I think he's probably in safe hands with the Jay White. So probably, you know, based on this match, look for this feud going forward. And yeah, a lot of fun interaction between Punk and FTR. I thought it was a really good TV match. I I go again, three point seven five four range for me. Um, if you get a, if you get two of those matches on a show, I think it's still a win. Um, but yeah, mm-hmm. I very much uh, I enjoyed it. And again, it was more the the different pace than anything. It was just you know again, I was left a little bit lacking by the uh, the finish and literally nothing happened. It was just a nice celebration and everyone went home. Yeah, and I think that was the thing. I was expecting something at the end as well. So it might have been feeling slightly like I was like, oh okay. All right, we're not getting a big show closing angle and stuff like that. Which, if you think about like the first episode of Dynamite, even though it was only Jake Hager, oh, it was still that. a big, it was we still a, a show closing angle. When I told you about that, I watched it on the plane on the way. <laughs> yeah. And I went, for fuck's sakes. I think it was my <laughs> initial reaction for that as well. But yeah. as a trio match, don't get me wrong, like it, it's fun enough. I'd go, I'd go three and a half, go slightly lower because it was, it was just that bit too long for me. It did what, it, again, it did kind of what the match had to do, but then that's a match that very much the live crowd, I think, ultimately, are going to be getting more from than what the television crowd, because you do, you are then faced with that, and now what? Like, at, the, at this stage, you want to know, well, what is CM Punk doing next week or the week after that? Which then makes me think, you know, for these first four months of collision, they should already have this kind of in the bag of what they're going to be doing, and these are the things I need to think about on it's these storylines they're going to go on and i want to see them do show long storylines dynamite is terrible for that if they can do include a bit more of that as well so even if you're getting a punk promo at the start and it ends with something a punk at the end at least that's something you can drag throughout the show as as well but so yeah it'd be interesting what we find out in the ratings for this and, and where this goes afterwards how it fits into the wrestling ecosystem and if they do because it's the punk show as well. And I think this is the the positive is he's going to be so hands-on with this stuff, because if anything, this bloke has the, the chip on his shoulder that he will have about producing a better product than effectively what Kenny and the bucks are on. That is going to be massive for him. Massive as a motivator, you know, for what he is like. And this is the thing, like he has that opportunity. So it's about, is he going to go back and critique the show and go, actually, we need to like think about these things and start sticking his two cents into the creative side? Because the problem is always with him as a person. Him as a creative force, punk, he's fucking great. 
I think. You know. I mean, for his own stuff, you know, that's, yeah, that's what... for his own stuff. It's a bit history repeating, isn't it? Because, you know, he's on creative. Presumably, you know, it sounds like Brian's on creative. And again, he was in the opening uh, thing, which which did make me happy. Sounds like Chris Hero got a trial backstage. Uh, yeah. Basically, jobs for the mid-2000s ROH boys, JP. I've got no problem with that. Or, you know, indie boys, at least, uh, with uh, with Hero and, uh, and Punk's relationship. But, yeah, that's... Uh, that that's what's gonna oh. what can what can they offer? I mean, God, if you ever wanted an idea of what the legacy of Ring of Honor is, you just look at a. I mean, if it wasn't obviously it's where AEW was born, if you're thinking with All In, and that was Ring of Honor, Hero coming, Hero coming, that's fascinating because you'd have to imagine they would take him in. He'd be brilliant. I mean, I'd have him on telly. I'm not asked that he's fat. I don't care. Yeah, I don't give a <laughs> I'd shit. Take him over Adam Cole. <laughs> I. I hold the, the adage of all shapes and sizes. If yeah. they come across well on TV and they work, it adds something more to it. Like rather than a series of bodybuilders, which I can't really relate to bodybuilders. Whereas Chris Hero shape, I can kind of relate to. <laughs> me too, mate. Me too. Um, but I, I mean, on that note, actually, I mean, which one? What wins? Dynamite or, or, or not? Not on the rate, ratings. Or just being in general, what was better, Dynamite or uh, or Collision this week? Because like. <laughs> I, lo- I loved all the punk stuff, but I mean, Dan, it was completely the back of show week one, yeah. wasn't it? If that was the if if there is some kind of internal war going on, like you know, MJF and Adam Cole was a, was a banger as we talked about on the uh, on the weekend show, and Adam Cole needed that as we uh, mm-hmm. as we talked about. Though that was a really strong match, Black Hole Combat Club and uh, the Hung Bucks thing. Maybe I probably I enjoyed less than the six man on Collision, but it had the killer go-home angle afterwards with, you know, Eddie Kingston and Takeshton and everybody turned up. Kenny, that Collision didn't have. I mean, overall, it's all AEW, so it feels like a hot product right now, and I, that left me, you know, excited for Dynamite um, next week. Um, so, you know, there is that. But, yeah, if you ask me, really, you know, the Darby and Sting stuff on uh, on Dynamite was really good as well. I think Dynamite was a considerable better show, wasn't it, this week? Yeah. Maybe less new. Yeah, less fat. Less newsworthy, but it had less fat on it. If you think of it as like a segment like The Acclaimed, we didn't have something like that on Dynamite, where it's just like, that feels like a gigantic waste of time. (laughs) Don't forget. (laughs) Yeah, we did. But at least, again, they're doing some stuff. Like, at least there's some angles and there's some stories that they're kind of telling. Like, I will take that over Acclaimed Come to the Ring, cut a quite anodyne rap this time and then do the scissoring thing. It's like, I really, you've got this prime time TV slot. Like this is the kind of, that's just filler shit you could do during fucking ad breaks <laughs> and some promo tape. Like really, you, it doesn't add anything to it unless you, people have to appear on TV for a reason. And that's the worst example of people not appearing, appearing on TV for no good reason. Well, yeah, if you're not sure anything else on Collision, we're going to preview uh, next week's uh, Dynamite mm. in a minute. I, w- I will say as well, like as much as I'll say Dynamite over, over Collision, at least for this for this week one, um, and I'm excited for next week's Dynamite, the Rampage was really good this week as well. That was a, We were saying about it on the weekend show about the end of Dynamite. Like, obviously, the negative was, you know, again, this is a company that's got to sell Forbidden Door and also sell Collision and also sell the week the week after Dynamite. What got lost in that spiel was like, oh, there was actually a good Rampage this week. Um, and I suppose that's just going to be the case now. It's uh, We kind of went back to what we did two weeks ago where it was like, 
the hardcore favourite show Rampage this week. I really enjoyed it. Um, I thought it was a really, really strong show. Um, and again, on a week where I think most people aren't going to watch it, but I thought Bandido and Takesh there had a really good main event. Again, speaking of mature wrestling, they didn't necessarily go out there and do a PWG five-star match. I think based on live reports or so, then they, the, the, the crowd there would have necessarily ate, ate that up because the other problem we're going to uh, AW tapings at this point, JP, is you've got to sit through you know seven hours of ROH and 18 hours of, uh, of AW at this point so you get to get crowds but that aside it was like it was a good character piece for Takeshita while still having a really good match so I thought that was a, a really good uh, you know main event as they continue to establish that character the opener you know the the, the uh, United Empire six man with chaos getting see <clears throat> Will Ospreay on a on a rando rampage after his uh, surprise run at the uh, the end of Dynamite was really strong and I don't know maybe I'm drinking the Kool-Aid JP but I even enjoyed the Jeff and the lads thing in the middle of this card as bad as it was in moments uh, the overall of it though I really enjoyed I thought Rampage was uh, was very good this week I must confess, I only saw the first match on Rampage and get round to seeing the other ones on there. And I'm kind of gutted. And you said this as a suggestion for Rampage a few weeks ago, which is if you didn't do nothing with it, turn it into the wacky show. Yeah. Just do that. Like put some wacky stuff on. And it looked like the stuff they put on is actually, this is so silly. It, it could be a lot of fun in that drunken cheat uh, TV channel hopping type way of, I, I'm imagining Aubrey Edwards and Karen Jarrett was not like the best, but how was Papa Briscoe? I should ask first of all. I mean, he's Papa I mean, I'll, I'll always mark out for Papa Briscoe. Um, I mean, he's in his late sixties at this point, so you know, um, <laughs> was all, that was. I think maybe there was too much of it because like Karen's great as a non-wrestler, he's great as a non-wrestler, but then you throw Aubrey in as well, and there was maybe too much of it, and there were there was a clear edit. I've got to say as well, like something obviously went wrong. Um, Satnam Singh got on the apron a bit late for the finish and all. It did fall apart, don't get me wrong, but I still got a lot of enjoyment out of it and I'm really excited for the match coming up on uh, on Dynamite. It's real, real variety show stuff, like you say. Work great match at the start, work great match at the end and then a bit of nonsense with... Uh, with Jeff and the lads in the middle. So I'd say I wouldn't sleep on it if you haven't um, seen Rampage this weekend. And yeah, you're into that stuff. I think it was a, uh, it was definitely worth a watch. But yeah, I mean the main the main point of the uh, the stuff with it with Jeff and that in the middle of the car was to to set up this week's Dynamite JP, which uh, at uh, at press time here on uh, on Monday night we have uh, Chris Statlander versus Terra Valkyrie for the TBS title. Unfortunately, Matt and Jeff Hardy versus Austin and, uh, and Colton Gunn, presumably something. Oh with Christ! Them, uh, and Bullock Club Gold is uh, is coming, but yeah, Matt and Jeff on a on a Wednesday. Um, yeah, conspicuously uh, on a different show than CM Punk. The random as fuck. Uh, Chris Jericho and Suzuki and Sammy Guevara against Darius Martin, Action and Dressy and Al Fox, who they showed random ROH footage of on a on a on a on a on collision on Saturday. Orange Cassidy and Shibata against Zack Saber Jr. and Daniel Garcia. Yeah, that's uh, that's one for the hardcores yeah. that sounds like a, a rampage match these days to me but that's uh, that's there obviously got the eliminated tournament stuff for the uh, AW tag titles and the biggest thing that they built on uh, on rampage this week is a concession stand brawl with uh, with our control left Jeff and, uh, and Mark Briscoe that I'm genuinely really excited for uh, on, on paper that looks like a, a decent maybe not as uh, heavy duty in ring as uh, this last dynamite but yeah sounds like a lot of fun to me if they do that, if they like the concession stall brand, uh, 
brawl will be fun because isn't it wasn't they saying it was 49 years since the debut of it in Tupelo Mississippi so they're going to be bringing it out again out of mothballs I mean it's Jarrett in a while brawl he can do this shit in his sleep it's it's good I suppose in some ways it's weird that we'd be saying that a Jeff Jarrett feud is good for Mark Briscoe but it probably keeps him more involved in the action than a hell of a lot of other people in that company and Jeff has been unironically very fucking good has done his job in terms of being a shit heel who the crowd loves and like it, it works. Like I'm not being funny. It has worked. I, I get the complaints of like him being on TV and this really shouldn't be going into 2024. Just want to stress that as well. <laughs> However, would it, would it be great for him to say, I'll have my retirement match at Wembley? You go, of course you fucking will, mate. And then he'll have one in the States as well, just to be cheeky. Like he, he, that would be such a Jeff move. We were joking about it before, but like literally, I share my uh, my birthday today with unfortunately Boris Johnson, not Peter Schmeichel, which is a uh, I don't know a, a something a memory hold there uh, from my childhood. I'm sorry, man. Dollar effect stuff there. I have to Could be Casper. Who it was? Maybe, maybe it's Casper. Um, but I also share my birthday with TNA. Twenty one years that fucking thing's been going around. It's old enough to drink in America now. Uh, it's Impact Wrestling. That was and it shouldn't because it had a childhood like fucking Drew Barrymore's mate. It was all <laughs> off the fucking rails. <laughs> Honestly, like them as a them as a company. Twenty one today. What's your best DNA memories, JP? Other than uh, is it all Jeff stuff from the early days? Is that is that what it is? There is there's there's stuff. Okay, so I'm fond for the time that he beat Raven for the title, and that little section of fans that called the heel section kicked off and started throwing like paper into the ring, which isn't really kicking off. It's not like bottles to the head or anything else, and you could see Borash because it kind of was a summary of TNA at that moment in time. Um, the best stuff they've done i mean if you want to go to like genuinely the best you'd say things like you'd imagine what the influence of the x division in particular the joe talk about him again joe um daniels styles and the stuff around that the it for it being around has provided in its own way for all of the missed opportunities for tna and everything else that happened and obviously the rebranding it needed to exist in the wrestling industry. At that point in time, it's really hard to explain how on its ass. If you didn't like WWE, you were kind of fucked. Japan was all over the shop. There were no like US indies. You had a kind of nasal internet, so you couldn't just access shit from all around the world. And TNA provided something at a point in time where there was nothing else. And in Ring of Honor, really kind of around the same time did it, but in a much more niche way. And what in, what TNA ultimately managed to do, and if you think about it in this country, how many wrestling fans were possibly watching stuff on Challenge TV, which then would have gotten them back into wrestling, probably then leading into the kind of Brit Rest boom and the other stuff like that. I think there's, there's those little knock-on effects, I think, of TNA. But, I mean, we can laugh at the shitty booking and stuff like that, but I'm more grateful it has existed than if it hadn't and if it had died. 
how it's still alive is still somewhat of a miracle to me. It kind so of is, isn't it? TNA is gone. Impact is impact, isn't it? Yeah. It's funny that I think you, you goad me now and like Matthew was in the pre-show trying to goad me into Bloodline stuff. You're going me into a uh, mid-2000s ROH versus uh, TNA and I've just like, I haven't, I haven't just watched that Punk Joe stuff. I've just, me ROH, I basically got me ROH tracking on here because I'm seething like I was back in those days of our, our, our enemy TNA who, who dared to take our wrestlers away after, well, Rob Feinstein they were actually quite justified to do it but back then I didn't think that uh, and we were the real alternative as far as uh, ROH goes but like yeah I mean I've, I've got loads of good memories of TNA like over over those years even TNA something where like you, you could never you could only trust it as far as you could throw it like every oh, yeah. time you got into it and you started like being like, oh, you know, like this this little period here with like the X Division and you know, when Joe was running that or remember the Joe Stein a few that I really enjoyed, or there was stuff in like even as even as late as like, you know, that period when um you kind of had like the bully ray aces and aces stuff going on and you know, bromance and bad influence on the undercard and stuff. Like I remember getting into it then, but it's always gonna TNA you. It was always gonna punish. Um ROH, I would argue, you know, at least peak ROH. Didn't do that to you, but like, you know, you're right. You know, Chris says here in the chat, yeah, Angle, Angle Joe, one of his uh, favorite TV uh, moments yeah. ever. I'd absolutely agree with that. It was in our top five uh, angles, so wasn't it? Um, Connor says here, yeah, they're a competent company now, not the TNA once loved. That's, That's probably a good line in the sand between, you know, classic TNA. Uh, yeah. Best of times, worst of times. I agree with that. It is, it is. And I think that's an absolutely fair point, like you mentioned. Like, with, with TNA, the weird thing is the, some of the bad stuff becomes some of the stuff that you end up loving because that's just the nature of TNA. So even going back to the disaster, like when we reviewed those first couple of shows and you're like, oh, my God, it's it's mad. And the amount of people who at various points in time seem like they're getting vaguely hot and they never did anything with. And obviously Monty Brown is there. You'd say Lance Hoyt is there. You'd say T- Tomko? At one point in time, it sounds incredible, looked good on TNA. They thought Matt Morgan was going to be the guy, and it never it never quite happened. There was all of these people that they gave all of these various punts to, and it never, even going back to like a Sonny Siaki and the like, who was just there as a knockoff rock clone. Like, <laughs> and he, terrible. Not Ricky Stark, sound like we don't need him anymore, you know, we're sound. Yeah, that's true. But like, and there are times you think, oh, they're going to go with Joe as the big main guy in the company. No. We're not going to do that. We're going to find a way of ballsing it up, taking the title off him too early, and then before you know it, he's got a mohawk and a knife, and <laughs> like, and a dick on, and that's, <laughs> and you're like, yeah, exactly. It's like, what the fuck is this? And but that's what this company would do, yeah, and it would drive you to distraction for it. But like I say, I think it was just for a case for me. TNA started off effectively as a support group for people for when WCW closed, certainly for the wrestlers. That's what it was. And then the fact that actually you have to say the impact rebrand worked. That's incredible. Even we call it impact, even though I'd love to be always calling it TNA. It did. It worked. And like you say, we don't feel like we're getting burnt off. Like we were quite, you know, them taking the title of Steve Macklin was something we spoke about actually going, when you think about it, this is this is actually quite good. There's stuff they're going to do with this. They're not going to drop the ball on Macklin. You have enough faith that they're going to kind of stick with him. TNA wouldn't have done that. It would have fucked him off. He'd have been functional. He would have just been in multi-mans. Yeah. And it does, it's competent. It's like, it's well-structured. We go, oh yeah, we're going to get 
this good match with the X Division we're going to get, this good match with the tag titles we're going to get, this decent match in the main event. Now we've got Alex Shelley there. It's, <laughs> it just ticked all of those. But, and now it's competent, which doesn't have the same appeal as opposed to thinking every week, Vince Russo's back, isn't he? He's back. No, he's not back. He's not back. He's not back. He's absolutely not back. Yeah, he is back. Right, you kicked off TV. Which, you were speaking about ramp dynamite numbers. If TNA were doing the numbers they did back then, we'd be talking about them being a fucking billion-dollar company, which is ridiculous and laughable. But it's also the fact that they kind of, you know, they were never... They were like, it's like when when Meltzer goes through his ITV4 numbers. Uh, It's like, well, people just sleep in front of the telly watching Spike on there on on, on a Thursday or whatever night Impact was on or TNA was on there in in that period. None of them were buying the fucking pay-per-views, really. That's the difference. Like, we can complain about AEW, but how much more invested are we all in it? You know, how much it's shown by the pay-per-view numbers, you know, like the high percentage of people who buy those pay-per-views compared to that. I think the numbers are... You know, it's it's worth saying because that's it. You know, blow your mind, wouldn't it? If uh, for company was doing what uh, what are oh, yeah. doing in the day when they were hitting that million and more they, uh, points for different time. They watched it. They wouldn't pay for it. That was the notable thing about that audience. Whereas <laughs> with AEW, you look at the conversion yeah, rate, like, pretty high. So, uh, but there you go. Yeah, random aside to uh, to TLA history. Yeah. yeah, great moment. Yeah, like I say they, they always if they if you the stop trying to be WWE Junior and you know maybe gone with a Joe, maybe gone with an AJ could have been different, couldn't it? But that's uh, that's the TLA story. But yeah, as we say around, any, anything more for Dynamite? Do you expect anything out of it? will just quickly just expect anything out of the books and okay, I suppose they're con- they're concentrating on their actual feud, which is with the Blackpool Combat Club, um, and presumably whatever's coming next with uh, with Eddie Kingston and, uh, and Claudio on that side as well. The books are, I don't know, I, 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 I think they're just going to be above this all. We're not getting anything back from them, but part of me would like that. I would like to see, you know, a dynamite that has some kind of response. I, I just want, I just want, the, I, I've said this on Twitter this week. I just want the books to be dragged, kicking and streaming into a, you know, just a more prominent role in the company. Like, and I know that I'm acknowledging that they're in this Blackpool Combat Club feud right now, but like they're clearly, they're clearly the fifth and sixth most important people in that feud. I feel like they've been on autopilot for a while, the books, um, <laughs> you know, I think it, they, if, if out of the four, cause there's a lot of speculation this week, you know, based on the SBN thing is, is, you know, is hangman going to resign for the long-term contract? The company wants is Kenny going to leave, if anyone was going to walk away, I, I, honestly, I could see it being the books because maybe it's just a perception thing, but they feel, even despite being in this, you know, this feud that's gone pretty well, they just don't feel like the heart is in it anymore. They feel like, I don't know, like just, they're beyond stale as well. Like I said, is anyone really excited for them to do a, a wink, wink, nudge, nudge kind of comeback to punk? I'm not. Um, like I feel it all feels very 2018 right now. They could they could probably yeah. do with it with something to uh, to pull something out of them, and make them you know feel like a prominent main event part of the uh, the company again. I mean, this links to the line going back to the punk promo and all of this. Like some of you fans, you're softer than the wrestlers you support, and like. You would, if you came back then with a like very, like kind of smarky, snarky response to it of being above it. I don't think again they come up. It looks like evasion for that. This is why Punk, I think, is playing a bit of a blinder on this one. But I agree on the point in terms of them stale. Like the cost, even though they change the costumes all the time, 
The look is stale. This week on Dynamite, like we didn't talk about. I that hate that show. song. Now I don't want to hear that fucking Wayward Son song. <laughs> I don't it mind that. It feels fucking low rent. Like I'm alright with. Like you don't like Elton John, but you like that song. Bloody hell! I'm sick of hearing because it, it feels like a one note joke. You have the offer. Oh, no, it annoyed me more though. They're in this blood feud with the Black Combo Club. That again, like I acknowledge, is like the top feud in AW right now. But I really don't think they're a top part of that feud or a part anyone really thinks about at this point. But like, they come out in the silly cowboy hats. You know what I mean? It's like that's just them in it. Like if you're into that, yeah. fair enough. But like, ugh, I can't imagine being into it at this point. Like they need to, they need to be forcibly made to rebuild that fucking tag division. Listen, lads, we built this company. On your on main event tag team matches, that was going to be the idea. There's not a main event tag team match in sight right now. Fucking go and have one. Have a grown up program with the FTR. Let's do it. Let's go. Have a proper feud with the acclaimed. Yeah, gives them something to do. Hmm. There is, there are tag teams out there they can have feuds with. They choose not to. They chose to do the trio stuff, hmm. which died a death in the ratings. <laughs> on a consistent basis <laughs> I still bring the ad breaks for this week but I know you love that I, I know like fucking hell I mean it just becomes a thing that they love them and they're going to have these matches on like when they when I, like I say there's a like ring of honour in I was like why are you wasting time on these fucking blokes I don't get it at all but but yeah I think the thing about this is is if they respond in the way which feels like it's kind of childish I'm like I'm I'm just going to look at them and go you can choose to do this and think there's a moral high ground to be won ultimately what you're doing is you're allowing somebody else to control the kind of debate about like this and actually the one who's doing the interesting thing with it because again you know setting up an instagram post saying hangman page is a great guy is all very good and well really if they wanted to do something they should be going at phil and going for the jugular like doing shit like that. If they were going to do it, and then and then I would be like, "All right, fucking fair play, game's on." I didn't think you guys were able to do this, but apparently you can. I'll just say otherwise quick. they're doing nothing. Oh, and I'd say quickly, you know, again, Blackpool Combat Cup feud as good as it's been, and we've had criticism for the amount put into it. I think that's about to end. I think that's kind of ran its course now. Maybe the rating shows us that a little bit um, as far as interest goes. But again, they do the blood and guts with it, which I presume is coming. Sure, that'll pop a rating. But then we've got to move on, and everyone's got to do serious programs. Takestra's Curly Kenny's, you know, Claudio and Kingster spinning off on the Blackpool Combat Club side. I'd like to see uh, the Bucks forced to do something, or as the chat's talking about, yeah, Hangman Page to now this is done move away from them and you know if he is going to yeah. be signed you know do uh, a serious something whether that's an mjf view for him um although uh mjf's time is very much uh taken up now but we'll see um but there you go yeah so that's it we'll see uh see what we get on dynamic see if we get more for uh for collision this week but yeah anything more on uh on collision or or dynamite um just gonna be to wait and see we'll see how they, they fit the uh the two threads in i've got a real suspicion they're gonna have a you know mjf on both which will will be the tie-in to having all in and all out uh, you know a week apart you can do one feud on collision one feud feud on dynamite i think we'll have more interplay between the two shows than maybe we thought going in but yeah. and an interesting I saw it brought up in the chat earlier on the idea that's being floated around that MJF doesn't turn up for the match against Tanahashi and Punk comes out instead with his title. Oh, I like that. Which would be, I like that. I have to say, I've like heard that and I thought, actually, that that plays well for everyone and leads to a build for All In because that where that fucking match should be happening. And if you're Punk, 
do you not want to be main eventing Wembley? Really? Chicago again? Again? Yeah. Which was funny with a straight face in his promo. He's like, I sold out every building on the roof in Chicago. And it's like, mate, you're, not looking, that at, one. you're looking at a hard comp side with no one there. <laughs> you know, you got to say that. That is true. And I I think they should leave. They should, you know, Forbidden Doors, obviously, on Sunday. We'll be previewing that on the uh, the weekend show uh, this weekend. I'd leave, mm-hmm. I, I don't mind that Tanahashi idea, but I'd leave him off. I, I, I don't think you need the counter match. The show's sold. The, back, the top two matches are enough. There's some fun undercard stuff there, like you know, like we were saying, you know, Jungle Boy and Sonata. No one believes Jungle Boy is going to win, but you can't. No one can lie to me and tell me they had a dream Jungle Boy match. That uh, sorry, a dream Sonata match that Jungle Boy is swallowing up here. So that match is fine. Hey. MJF Tanner's Tanner's fine. A few multi-mans on the undercard. That's what I expect out of this week's Dynamite. Like I don't expect anything more than that to uh, to get announced for the weekend. Yeah. That's, I'm, I'm just expecting hard self forbidden door, and it feels like it's set up in that way. So you're hoping there'll be a few more, probably multi-man matches, I would have thought at this point, because it feels like they've got the top-line matches, other than Willow Nightingale, Tony Storm, which I'd expect to be announced on this one. Definitely. But yeah, there you go, there's your, uh, your AW chat, um, all sorted. Uh, I know you, I didn't get a chance to see it this week, but I know you watched uh, Dark Side of the Ring mm. Graham's. I was, uh, I think I was just reeling JP from us doing the full preview last week for uh, the Marty Giannetti episode. What happened there? Like, there was a preview up, like, it was there, we didn't imagine it. Like, where'd the episode go? <laughs> like, does that have a might... plan, or like, is it going to be next week? Like, when, when is I think it's going to be next week. Oh, okay. I you honestly think it's going to be every episode. Week. I'm going to be like, okay, we're getting the Marty Janetti one, and instead, oh, you'll be all over that. Mate. You, you get the most depressing episode you've, you've ever had. That might be the other reason I'm here. Be birthday weekend that I haven't uh, got myself into that. A few people asking about Forbidden Door in the chat. Yeah, it is a uh, is a Sunday pay per view, isn't it? Is it? Isn't it Saturday Forbidden Door? I'm, I'm, I thought it was Sunday. Now, yeah. Oh, right. 26th. Oh, yeah, it is. It's a sub. Yeah. So it would be, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Of course it is. It is. It's fucking collision on Saturday. What am I on about? Uh, yeah. yeah. There you go. Sorry. It's been a long weekend. But the, but the episode itself, actually, I have to say, I thought this week was a really good one. Um, okay. It was about, it, effectively, it was kind of, it was a lot more serious. And also, it's one of the subjects I, you hear Eddie Graham. You hear him being spoken about as this great booker in Florida, and he goes into the details about that. Mike Graham, you kind of, I vaguely remember as a, like a jobber in WCW, and then like other than doing kind of shoots and stuff, he was a guy who always seemed to like trade off the Graham name. But he goes into the detail of like the kind of downfall and the kind of tragedy of suicide that that everything that happens because you've got rather eerily similar to the Von Erics where you've got. Um, Eddie Graham's, uh, sorry, Mike Graham's daughter who survives, who talks about how her her granddad, her dad, and her brother all committed suicide because didn't know that. Like the brother committed suicide, and then the, and then Mike Graham did a few years later because it was just kind of heartbroken. It was good because it was a history lesson. Right. It, it's very straight laced, like as you'd expect to it. It's not necessarily salacious. It kind of gives you an idea about like that kind of much more territory scene, and it's it's it's, it's like very much like kind of alcohol ruining lives and, and everything else. But I thought it was a good solid episode simply because it's one of these episodes they do where you're just not going to know too much about it. Yeah. And I don't know. A lot unless of, you're really championship wrestling from nah. tomorrow. There isn't something I can say I've, uh, I've got on my list. You're aware because it's, it's one of these, it's one of these territories you're always going to hear about. You just hear is described as Florida. 
and then it's just the shorthand for that. And you imagine how big Florida is. You can run a hell of a successful territory there if you're in the right locations. But it was like the star of the show in terms of the whole thing, and Ewan brings it up on here, is um, is the granddaughter. I can't remember her name off the top of my head. She was superb because she was like kind of like talking about them and about her memories of her dad and her granddad. Right. Um, and it was, and it was very, it was just the idea that, you know, Eddie Graham had got to the point where like things started to kind of fall apart business wise. And you could see the writing on the wall and he, he kind of struggled um, necessarily like with drink as well. And then Mike Graham just ended up like kind of working backstage at WCW. So it's like, these people who were, you know, this name that was historically important in wrestling is just kind of really effectively meaningless because his son didn't want to get involved in wrestling and stuff like that as well. So it's a good, ep- it's a good episode. It's kind of harrowing, you know, there's a, there's a lot of talk of suicide and, and everything else and, you know, plenty of warnings in, in advance for it as well. But it was a very, like, I thought it was a very good episode of it, especially if you don't know anything about it. Yeah, like I say, I, I will catch up with it. Um, mm. Chris is saying in the chat, it looks like it might be Doink next week. Uh, Doink, JYD. Oh. Uh, in the next couple. And then Marty might be the season finale. Finish on a bit on a high. Is that what we've, uh, we've got? Well, coming? finish on someone high, if yeah. that's what you mean. Yeah, <laughs> uh, there's the Batman episode coming as well, which will be interesting. But yeah, yeah. That's, this is definitely one where, like, yeah, it's going to be like a, an ear that I'm going to, like, learn about obviously Cornette's perfect for I saw the story people saying about like the whole thing about you know we'd be going down the street like picking up like alcohol bottles and trying to trying to drink them and stuff like that was Mike Graham was oh there's a bit where he throws he threw he used to drink wine while that and he would throw the oh, bottles that what it into was? these into into these like kind of weeds by the side of the road and he couldn't get any alcohol so he went out there and drunk like the remnants of these bottles that had been there for god and god knows what had gone in there it's fucking Florida that's desperate that's a legit Absolutely dark side desperate. of the ring episode. Like the other stuff, yeah. you know, Doink is going to be, be a bit lively, isn't it? You know, in a, in a more of a fun way. Marty's going to be like half funny, half gross. This is legit dark side of the ring stuff, isn't it? That's the. Bash of the Beach would be Russo right. fucking defending himself ad infinitum. <laughs> It'll be a McCormick. Calling, it, calling him yeah. a cunt. Yeah. <laughs> Split screen yeah. stuff again with them going back and forth. With different... <laughs> they never end that feud. Um, nah. I- they can both can be wrong on the day, and I'd say one of them can be sometimes right, but it ain't Russo. Um, well, the, the question is: Is Jim Cornette going to Cornette going to appear on every episode of this show? That's always like I think the 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 the, the drinking game. You have to drink when he appears on screen. So far, he seems to love it, doesn't he? Um, but yeah, we'll see. Yeah, Doink was another. It's kind of perfect for it, isn't he? I don't really know much about Matt Bourne. If that's the one coming up, like I, don't, I, I know from when we did observe this that obviously is that. You know, he got he was on the outs and he used Brooklyn Brawler for the Dunk character and all of that stuff. Born again in ECW, something where it's like I've read about it in Power Slam 400 times and it melts to talk about it, but I don't think I've actually seen with my own eyes. Um, mm. Yeah, that, that might be a lesson. I'll be looking forward to seeing that. That might be. I know he was big in Portland, wasn't he? Which feels like a euphemism in wrestling, but there you go. Like Matty's mate, Jimmy, was it? Um, anyway. <laughs> but uh, yeah, on, uh, on that note, I suppose, yeah, anything more on Dark Side of the Ring there? Or, or that no. Episode? No. Um, yeah, what, what else have you seen this week? Good series. Yeah, I saw a bit of Smackdown. I didn't watch Smackdown. Maybe need Matty to, uh, to help us uh, dissect the, uh, the Bloodline um, story. Uh, I mean, yeah, it was, but... Uh, it, 
it was a very. I, I'm nervous now because Matty told me he's going to listen to this and he's going to uh, judge me on it. And I will, you know, I will say, as far as like the Bloodline story goes, it has gotten interesting again. And I think they had that clear, clear like nosedive I felt after WrestleMania into like the uh, the backlash period that was just wasn't. Um, much going on you know why because Roman Reigns wasn't on telly um, I think that was probably the, uh, the biggest problem that they had mm-hmm. um, and, you know the world champion isn't around it causes issues but I do think maintaining my view that uh, that maybe you could have done all of this with uh, without Roman with the belt and in a lot of ways it would make more sense this was a really well done angle the Usos and uh, and Roman Reigns and uh, and Solo Sokoa stuff with, uh, with the Usos turning and setting up this tag batch for Money in the Bank which you know is going to be a banger as I said in the P-Show like you know what our crowds are like you know how invested our crowds are going to be in this feud like I feel so bad if Matty Cut doesn't get there in the end because like he really should <laughs> he, he should be there rather than me and it looks like I'm going to be there and uh, at this point, I know it's going to be great. Um, and yeah, you could absolutely do it without three titles, Roman, as uh, as entertaining as uh, as that is. But yeah, as far as like a, a well done bit of a quote unquote cinema, JP, not your kind of cinema. Um, the, uh, the the angle. I, I applaud anyone. There's like a ten minute YouTube video we uh, watched today, which has like pretty much all the bloodline stuff from SmackDown, which is the main stuff you really need to see from uh, from this week's show. That's what I saw. Thought it was good. Yeah. That's what I saw, and it's, it seemed to go across really well. It seemed to work. The crowd were well into it. They were buying a thing that perhaps we don't buy, which is the idea of Jey Uso as a top guy. Like, for that to be the case, it feel, felt a bit more likely after watching that. I thought Roman sold it that. brilliantly. <laughs> I'm not buying that. No. <laughs> I think it makes it part of the But there the are story. some people who like, are. Yeah. I think there are some who are as part of the story. And I think that's probably you're right with that proviso in there. But like generally on like I thought they delivered it really bloody like like really well. And it was a hot angle and they're doing that. And bloodline drawing as well. I don't think that can be something that can be denied. Yeah, well absolutely. You know, you look at the, the number a couple of weeks ago for the you know, maligned on this show, championship celebration, did really well. People are still engaged in this story, uh, despite my misgivings. So you gotta give it that. Yeah, as Chris says in the chat, the pop on uh, on Jay's Lamb with the uh, the I'm out too was was massive. Yeah. People are into this stuff. Um they just want it. I'm sure when we have Matty on after Money in the Bank, he'll uh, he'll tell us why uh, it's uh, it's genius and the uh, and the but- greatest form of cinema you could get, but I can ignore everything else on SmackDown, right? Absolutely, yeah. SmackDown, it's a given week. I mean, it's always, it's always, it's a much easier watch than Raw. Is the only thing going for it um, <laughs> that you kind of get out of it. But yeah, they continue to baffle him with LA Knight. Steph interviewed him uh, this week. I don't think it's on a YouTube yet, but uh, once it is, check it out. It was really like, from what I've seen of it, like a cracking interview. Like he, he's, he's over right now. Like he's gonna be in the UK. Like he is gonna be like the the big cause people are gonna get behind. Fucking forty something year old, you know what was his name? Pepper Parks back in the day, or what? What was his uh, Eli, Eli Drake. Drake? Like Eli Drake. Sorry, yeah, like forty something year old him, like getting this weird like run. I actually heard some of like Steph's interview with him, and I honestly for a second thought it was The Rock. It's not that he puts the. I don't think it. It's. I think it's unfair to be like, oh, he's a Rock and Austin tribute act because I think he just sounds like The Rock. That's just his voice. That's what he sounds like. I'm, I'm more accept that he's an Austin. He's an Austin kind of imitator. 
But against all odds, they've got something with him. Like, that was my other takeaway from, from, from what I've seen from this week, is that he was absolutely, like, somehow, like, the, the next big baby face for those two the V fans. Um, Eli Drake. I haven't seen any of this stuff. So, I'm lo- I've am been aware that people have been liking it. I looked at the bookies' odds when we did, um, uh, I think it was one of the day, uh, daily updates, and I was like, why is LA Knight favourite? clear favourite to be winning money in the bank. Weirdly, he's always been that kind of fit. They've always liked him, which is odd because they could have signed him for fucking years when he was younger. They had no interest, none. He was there and he got released, didn't he? And he ended up in TNA and then ended up in NWA. And that's kind of where he's been. But I I don't get, I have to see this with my own eyes because it, it feels like you're telling me lies here, Benno. <laughs> Like I'm, I mean, you're saying this. I'm going. He's over, really, massively, massively, and they seem to be resistant to him. But yeah, maybe it'll come by there at Money in the Bank, um, as a, as the chatter kind of uh, saying there. And I will, yeah, I'll uh, I'll echo uh, Chris Elliott's uh, praise while we're quickly talking through the B Imperium versus Sammy and uh, Kevin Owens from Raw last week. Really good, really good. Obviously, be another Raw in the can by the time most people hear this. But and no, it's not classic ring camp versus Steen Erico, but as for WWE TV, really good. And Gunther, Walter, whatever, continues to be, like, again, bafflingly well-protected and well-booked. Hasn't lost in a year, has he, at this point? He did that. Uh, do you see his championship celebration with his uh, cigar on the air? Uh, like, it looked like he was in, like, Ibiza on, like, a, on a rooftop having a great time with the lads. Um, he was uh, uh-huh. out celebrating. <laughs> yeah. They, somehow, against odds, they've got him right. And, yeah, they got to give him credit. I think he was... Uh, Doing the rounds and interviews this week, saying he thinks uh, WWE handled him uh, better than maybe he handled himself on the Indies as uh, as Walter, which is a a bold claim, but yeah, um, not without merit um, at least. Um, not not as ridiculous a claim as it might have been going into his WWE run, but yeah, that match was another example of it. Really good stuff. Hey, maybe I need to be getting in on watching this. Like, I really need to. Just the match. Yeah. No, I, I don't. I, like, I tried once, and by Christ, it was like, that's when I watched another pointless segment. Seth Rollins came to the ring and he just went back. It was when, when Vince was booking after Mania, the only time. I've got to do me prep, mate. I'm going to be in a building surrounded by Vin- Vincels for uh, for money in the bank, so I've got to see this stuff at this point. But what else have you been watching, mate? What else have uh, outside of... Uh, SmackDown um, got its two minutes there. You hope, you know, hope you're happy, Matty. What it else is. is going on in the world of wrestling? Well, I mean... I mean, for those of you who aren't aware, like when we do the preview show, we tend to go through loads and loads of small promotions and all of the stuff that's going on. And some of them may be like, I have not been watching. No, no, that Chinese wrestling. Did you find it? Your your mate was on it. The lad who needs, he needs to get his comeback win over, over Benson Richards. Um, (laughs) Really does. Now I watched, I mean, I say smaller shows, one of the shows that was there and it was just a standard new Japan road, but I just wanted to watch the match out of curiosity and partly because it just got me thinking about a whole load of other stuff was the effectively new Japan versus all Japan main event, which was, it was day seven. It was like a Yuji Nagata show. It was in, oh, where was it? Um, Oh, Nagata there. no, Garta Nagoya. I might be fucking cracking up here. Yuji <laughs> um, Nagoya. In there. in the main event, you had um, effectively a new Japan team of Tanahashi, Masterwato, uh, Kojima, Yuji Nagata, who's triple crown champion versus Atsuki Aoyagi. His brother, Yuma Aoyagi, who was great in that altogether again. Um, main event, Yuma Anzai, who was also on that show, and Ken Miyahara. Um, and 
it was it was good fun. It was like a light version, you would say, of the all together again because there isn't the same level of quality in there. However, I thought it was good. It was well done. The fact that the crowd weren't cheering for Kento, so he was working as kind of like a heel, giving shout outs as well, which I got reminiscent of when Tanahashi worked DDT and worked as a heel, and he was fucking tremendous. And you were like, oh wow, like Tanahashi is a heel, even though it's not like a proper heel. And it just made me think there is this weird era of cooperation in Japan. And these things, like it would seem to be a decent enough crowd. All Japan doesn't draw. It doesn't offer the stage that someone like, I know we don't talk about All Japan very much, but Ken Omiyahara is a star. Even, you know, you've seen him wrestle a few times. Like this is a guy you'd want to see in bigger kind of areas and hopefully in bigger, bigger arenas in front of more fans because he deserves it. And he, here, I thought he, him and Tanahashi getting to lock up was just kind of great fun. Standard stuff you'd expect in terms of a match where you get the individual kind of matchups and then you kind of get like a bit of wild action there towards the end. And the New Japan team won, as you would expect. But if there is a chance to bring in some more All Japan people, they could certainly do with the boost. I thought they had a bit of good boost from All Together Again. I thought yeah. there were some good showings on there as well. There's clearly like more of a top line that we're kind of more interested in once they move past Yuji Nagata onto whoever is next. And it's setting up Yuma Aoyagi, who let's face it, I put the belt on him. I think like that would be a perfectly fine stretch. And then you can get to him versus Kento, who I know the tag partners and all the rest of it, a fun match. I go 3.75 um, for it as well, but it, it's more that what this hopefully represents is like they've always struggled within the promotional stuff, but you've got Ken, you've got um, Nakajima wrestling Kent Miyahara in all Japan. You've got Noah do stuff with Dragon Gate. You've got New Japan working with Noah and all Japan as well. Like it's really like an interesting time where a lot more of this in the promotional stuff, because they're recognizing it draws is actually kind of the way to go. This is what people want to see. And that the, the, Pond, the pond they're in isn't big enough to sustain all of them without them all helping each other out. And I think for New Japan, it gives gives the 50-year-old lads something to do. They, like, if you could do a Tanahashi versus Kento feud somehow and you do it in all Japan as well, like, that would be re- that would be a real big boost to them. Yeah, it'd be really good fun. So the match itself, you don't go, if you don't watch it, you know, you're not really going to be missing out on too much. But I would say these are the kind of things to keep an eye on as things go on throughout the year. With like all with like I say, with the all together and again show and now this all kind of I know there's different reasons for it kind of it happening, but like more of it really. Like it's been good for all parties. Like you yeah, yeah. let's keep this train going. Noah with Muta in the dome, they used a yeah. lot of New Japan stars on there as well. That helped. Obviously Noah versus New Japan has drawn well. They've done pay-per-view buys. It looks like something they're going to go back to again for it. And they haven't exhausted it in the slightest. Like you would think for them to go, actually, this is the Kiyomiya Okada one is going to kind of be key. How much that generates like that kind of interest, because then at that point you're setting up a rivalry that's cross promotion. And there's a lot more interesting things you can do with that. And let's face it, Kiyomiya is deserving a win back. You would like to think of something, which I think will probably end up happening. In, I can see him knocking out him a card out of the G1 in a shock in the quarterfinals or something like that. That feels like the route I would be going down on there. Could do it. Basically, Kia, basically, Kiyomir can end up being Croatia in a World Cup. Just that spoiler for everyone else. Honor says here is there a cyberfight festival this year? Um, is that going on, JP? Do you know? 
should be. Normally happens in June, though, isn't it? I wonder if because yeah. they got N1, they got the N1 victory coming up. So there's that. For me, it would make sense because obviously that first week in January is a big week generally wrestling Japan out even outside of the fourth of fourth of Jan. So maybe move that towards later on in the year. Yeah, nothing on the schedule that I can see or anything uh, related to it. Maybe, maybe, but uh, yeah, cool, good uh, uh, check in there, JP. Um, anything else you've seen yeah. there from that show or uh, or otherwise? Uh, nothing else. I did want to catch up on Rev Pro. I didn't get round to it in the end. I was um, tempted it, to it, go to that. Like when I saw mm. just madness in it, Osprey on Dynamite and Rampage. And then, oh, why is he not in collision? Oh, because he's doing Rev Pro in Sheffield on Sunday. Like, the idea, it's ludicrous, isn't it? Like, I'm glad he is, but he probably shouldn't be. Um, I was so, Lance Archer was on that show in uh, Sheffield on Sunday. It sounded like mm. uh, a fun one if we'd have been able to get the car. I think we were very close to uh, making that my birthday plan on Sunday, but yeah, it didn't happen in the end. But yeah, they're, they're up already, aren't they, on VOD? They've done a, a hell of a job getting them out. So yeah, credit to them for that. But yeah, rave reviews I've seen, but yeah, didn't. Uh, Managed to uh, to sneak it in with the uh, the couple of hours we had before this. Yeah, it's a bit of a shame, isn't it? I wish we had done for this, but like you said, we were talking about the preview show. We were looking at the cards, going these are good, particularly the Sheffield one. If they can carry on doing. Callum Newman uh, looking good as a United Empire's young lion. Um, Ewan says there. Little lads Archer and his fishing chips. Did you see that? The fucking stick. We've got a scran thread on the on the Discord now. Um, with uh, a Patreon. Oh yes. Apple, if you want to join, or maybe slide me a DM. Maybe I'll let you in. But um, we have a, <laughs> we have a thread now where we all post our food. So I had my uh, my birthday brunch on there. Matty had some nice meals uh, from his weekend. I didn't get a picture of the Chinese. I forced Steph to have on uh, on Friday. Unfortunately, not one that was good enough to post. Lance Archer's was in the in the category of not good enough enough to post it was like the chips looked all oh. right jp but that fish looked like it had been cooked four times over like it was like the worst thing about it was lying on his bed as well like right on like the travel on sheet or whatever he was uh he was staying like soaking through that air uh, that paper uh, that thin paper that the uh the chips had come in you, you're looking at it now rough in it so I'm going to mix. He's normally covered in water as well, isn't it? So it's going to be an awful combination between that and the grease for that. This is shocking. He seems to have bought himself a bottle of ketchup, or has he borrowed the ketchup? I don't understand. That's an excessive bottle to buy for, like, one. Those chips, he's not even going to get, like, how many fucking pumps of that glass bottle of, uh, of Heinz that he's I got that there as well? Today, What's in the other bowl? When I had my birthday brunch today, I wanted some brown sauce to go with my breakfast because I'm a, a brown sauce on breakfast type of guy. And like they kept bringing, you know, like those tiny little like cup, like paper, paper cups that you put sauce in sometimes. Yeah. And it was like, just give me the fucking bottle. I want more. <laughs> I kept having to go back and ask for more. Eventually it was like, okay, now I've got four of them. I suppose that's enough. But, you know, you, you needed a heavy dose of brown sauce. Hence why I think... Uh, Lance went in it and got himself a big bottle of ketchup. I think, that, I think that's the most understandable part of the entire uh, controversy, in my opinion. He needed to douse that fucking fish in, wouldn't he? The batter's too hard as well. It's like too much around the top of it as well. It looks like there's a face. I'm not saying there is a face of Jesus Christ in there, but if you have a look, I reckon you could find something that's at least passable for it if you get really close up. Liam says should he should have, have had a can of Rio. <laughs> should have had a can of Rio. Should definitely... <laughs> Mango, passion fruit, either one. Like he could have, he could have done a good, good job on there. Oh, inside the in. Dylan telling here, yeah, apparently a premier, and let you borrow a, a bottle if you're there. There you go. There's a tip. Get yourself some ketchup. 
<laughs> he could have done better. Should have gone to Lobster Pot in Liverpool like the, uh, the lads at TNT did at the weekend. But... Black Spottles? What? A fucking Premier Inn's he staying at? Fancy one. <laughs> I'll be imagining they're using fucking Bramwells from Aldi. That oh, would baby. be with a douse that, and the chips in. I just can't get over that fish, JP. Awful stuff, awful stuff. But show sounded good anyway. Um, but yeah, probably needed a, a lot of vinegar to soften that carter sad he said there. Oh, fucking hell. Poor, uh, poor uh, Lance Archer. But yeah, we didn't make it to that, so yeah, we can't uh, talk that. But yeah, anything else you've seen, JP? Anything else you uh, you wanted to uh, to mention before we go? Outside of the collision, it's been a, been a pretty uh, slow week, hasn't it? It's been a been a very CM yeah. um news week uh, in the uh, in the sheets this week, hasn't it? Maybe we'll uh, we'll have uh, we'll have more next week. Oh, we will do because we've got obviously collision, forbidden door, various other things. The build to money in the bank. There'll be another dark side of the ring as well. Um, Liam has said it spot on here that the fish looks like a trainer in Seoul. So, um, <laughs> well, that's going in the images as well. Nailed on. It's going in the images on there as well. So, yeah, I, I mean, I think, yeah, like, I, no, that's it for the week. I mean, the other things I would just say in terms of going back to the plugs as well, obviously, we're going to be recording the uh, month one for Gl- Global Force Wrestling, GFW Amped, depending on your point of view, and a battle of semantics. We've got that coming on later on in the week, so really looking forward to doing that. And obviously, if you haven't already, listen to the Joe versus Punk. Not for me. I'll be. I was listening effectively a lot of the time, like you guys were. But it was brilliant being in the room, like just being able to to kind of listen to it and hear all the detail and all of the various stories going around at that point in time. Like it was just brilliant, brilliant stuff. So love doing that. And then time on Saturday as the other plug as well. Um, 6.30, is that right? Are we doing 6.05? 6.30. 6.30, so You can't do 05s Sat- on YouTube, I learned that. It's got to be like 6.30 or, uh, or 7pm, so 6.30. Shocking behaviour. Yeah, there you go. So there'll be, t- again, just to stress, two versions of that. One with, like, effectively over the video, over the, the yeah, have to kind of cover up the, the video images that appear on there as well. But there will be an uncut version that'll be on the free feed on Patreon, so you can click onto that. Go patreon.com slash grapple for all of that and yet uh, our normal weekend show on Fridays where we are trialing putting most of our dynamite chat um a lot of feedback we got from the uh, the survey which we're going to be uh, we are still going through kind of the uh, all the responses uh, we got for that but a common theme thank you everyone you know, well, really appreciate that definitely yeah and I, you know it's maybe not quite too late to throw a response if anyone was on the fence but yeah a lot of the feedback we got was about our dynamite talk being very late in the week and obviously with collision on a saturday now we can't really uh squirrel away the uh, the dynamite thoughts until uh until spotlight really it doesn't really make any sense with us having the weekend show on friday so yeah if you wanted uh, a little bit more dynamite talk um we are uh doing that on the, on the weekend show this uh this month that is it as a pack month with the collision debut we've got forbidden door next week we've got the money we've got the money in the bank show the week after which we'll be cover it in the detail and then yeah there's uh, obviously uh, that GPW G1 weekend as well G1 starts then fucking hell um, it's going to be busy so yeah we're going to be uh, we're going to continue to uh, to see where things fit and how the best uh, how the best suitor but yeah if you wanted uh, any more patreon.com says grapple and get our our normal uh, Friday Dynamite show uh, we, we can show where you get a bit more uh, fresh of a, of a Dynamite tea than normal but yeah outside of that um, yeah, we will be back next week with more spotlight. We're going to go to the uh, the post show now. We're going to have a quick uh, chat with our patrons. But other than that, go for folks. Have a great rest of your week, and yeah, we will catch you again very soon. Bye. Good night. Man.